everyone. Welcome to Corolla Classics. I'm your host, Superfan Giovanni. This is the podcast where we play the best moments, highlights, and fan favorite clips from the Adam Corolla Show. All almost 15 years coming up and 3,500 episodes. Coming up today, our very first clip is Adam Corolla Show 1327, Dan St. Germain, Chaz Rampathal, Allison Rose, Brian Bishop. Chaz not in this portion. Chaz was from LegalZoom. He was in the studio talking about the patent troll lawsuit. A very engaging segment, but kind of changes the whole nature and flow of the episode. And it's going to be something we'll clip out and play at a later date because it's very interesting, especially important for the history of the Adam Kroll Show, but the history of uh, podcasting in general and the monetization of podcasting in general. Most people don't know that without the Adam Kroll Show, there's no comedy podcast monetization. And then with the patent troll defense, without Adam Kroll, there's no more podcasts. So people don't like to bring that fact up, but <laughs> it's all true. And some of these episodes in 2014 were hampered by the podcast legal defense uh, fun stuff or topics, you know, kind of getting like, uh, aggressive because of how harsh everything was. Like, you're going to lose your entire business that you created because somebody thinks they own something they don't actually own. It's impossible. And so by uh, editing that, removing that, and clipping a few things here, I was actually able to reformat this episode into one entire clip. So it's just one run-through episode that may play differently than when you originally heard it. Hope you guys enjoy this. Adam Curlis Show, 1327. Good day, Allison Rosen. Hello, Adam Carolla. And Paul Bryan. At Wolverine03x wanted that with the hashtag top drop. I'm bringing my parents out to the show on Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. San Francisco. Right. Um, all right. Uh, so much to talk about. So much to get to. Uh, first off, unfinished business from uh, yesterday's show. Rotten Tomatoes. Trying to figure out that fucking oh, 80s yeah. movie I was watching. With Rob Lowe. Yeah, well, I, I, I said Rob Lowe, but it kept was gnawing at me. It was Rob Lowe that I was watching in Youngblood and then... Oxford Blues or something, but then I saw another movie that had nothing to do with Rob Lowe, but was amazingly, surprisingly high on Rotten Tomatoes. You're an alcoholic. Little, uh, at the time, a little Burt Reynolds uh, ditty called Sharky's Machine from probably 19... 81. The Sharky's Machine? The Sharky's Machine. Oh, that Sharky's Machine. Afraid the, to say that, one, that one escaped me. The, uh, well, major major movie starring a 1981. Oh, top of his game, Perrell's. Pre Meineke. Pre Evening Shade. Pre Meineke. Pre I uh, owe the IRS a shitload of money, Burt Reynolds. And uh, although I do feel like. If I was the president, I know there's all this hubbub with the president, but I, you know, uh, I, uh, IRS and going after, you know, uh, teabaggers and all that shit. But what I would do is go after celebrities, get them in trouble, and then force them to do really bad commercials because, you know, it'd be fun. Like PSAs or like actual wins. endorsements? No, actual endorsements. <laughs> like. George Clooney would do a Meineke muffler commercial if he got into enough trouble with the IRS. The reason you see these guys pop up in these horrible spots is because they get into trouble. Hi, I'm Wesley Snipes for Special K. Uh, That's right. And uh, by the way, so this is what was freaking me out is I was sitting there watching these sort of bad 80s cop movie you know he's a cop on the edge he plays by his own rules he is a there's a beautiful woman is that angel he's surveilling it it sort of looks like it it's um rachel ward or whatever her name is from uh uh, weird science is uh is the main is the main chick you forgot how hot she was he's surveilling (laughs) by the way there's never this cop story he's on surveillance He's watching a fat tub of goo and not falling in love with her. 
<laughs> no, you never hear that one. Going, oh, Christ, she's masturbating again. I'm going to fucking put these night vision goggles Kelly down. LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. That's yeah. the one from Weird Science. Right. There's Kelly LeBrock and Rachel, <laughs> whoever, who were like the same person for like 20 minutes. One was in Against All Odds, I think, and the other was. Mm. They both were good-looking, tan, sort of had an international flavor to them. Oh, yeah. But either way. Um, he's Exotic. falling. He's falling in love with her. Anyway, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a ninety-three, which is insane. I, there's no other higher film than, I never heard of, and higher than any other Burt Reynolds movie. Well, that's what I was saying. What I was saying was, is, um, Blues Brothers got fifty percent, and uh, Sharky's Machine was at ninety-one or ninety-three percent, and yeah. that's what was uh, bothering me. Now, the audience usually gets it right. It was it like 63 or something like that? In this case, like maybe, maybe they did. Yeah. Uh, but it was uh, Sharky's Machine, which I probably saw in the movie theater when I was in high school. All right. Uh, funny, interesting, um, sort of embarrassing story. Um, I was uh, out making the rounds. I went on Monday morning to go uh, do a Howard Stern show. And uh, when I was done doing Howard Stern's show, um, I made the rounds through Sirius and Sirius XM up there. You guys probably been up to the whatever floor of the whatever building and done that. It's floors, by the way. It's floors. Uh, floors. Yeah, it's a very impressive operation, and there's 500 shows going on at once, and I was going to be a part of one of them. And I, I went and did everyone's show. And then on the very last show, and I had the nice lady liaison who was sort of uh, perky blonde in the pastels who was our guide, you know, and this one's Ron and Fez, and you come over here and you do this, and then this one's taped, so we're in no rush, but this one goes live at whatever, and they, she ushered us around from place to place. She was very gracious. Everyone was very nice. And it was the last show, and we're getting ready to leave, and the, the um, we'll figure out his name. Matt's trying to uh, trying to find it, but uh, I was so sleep deprived I couldn't remember the name of the guy who was interviewing me. Pete Dominic. Otherwise, you would know it for. Oh, yeah. I know Pete Dominic. Pete Dominic. Yeah. At some point, Pete Dominic made the mistake of saying to me something uh, uh, on the level of, "So, is it just going to be podcasting from here on in, or would you ever think about coming and doing terrestrial radio, or how about working here at Sirius XM, or it was something of that nature?" Mm. In which case, uh, that was my Niagara Falls, and I said to him, although I was sitting in the middle of Sirius XM, those motherfuckers have called me once a year for over a decade and wanted to gauge my interest in coming to work for them, but they've never made me an offer. They literally just call, they bother me, that we start a dialogue, and then they go away, and they never fucking spit out a number, and it's always about gauging my interest. And what I always say is, I don't open a fucking phone book and call roofers and gauge their interest on re-roofing <laughs> my house. We have to talk about how much they're going to be compensated for coming over and re-roofing my house. But I don't go, whoa, whoa, let's not get mired numbers. Just tell me your interest. Let's just talk about uh, three-tap shingles. Let's go. I'm gauging your interest in roofing in general. How much would you enjoy right. coming over to my house? So this happened once again uh, about four or five months ago. Uh, nothing came of it as, as per usual. And so when this poor guy brought it up, I said, fuck that. Fuck Sirius XM. Fuck all those guys. Tired of it. Tired of them fucking gauging my interest. But thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a huge fan. No, I just went, fuck Sirius and fuck Sirius XM. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's, it's, it's literally 
When I say a decade, I mean 12 years of them gauging my interest and wasting my fucking time. If I got paid minimum wage for just the time I spent gauging my interest with them, I'd have $25,000 in the fucking bank. So shut the fuck up and thank you very much. If you have a fucking number, then come talk to me. If you don't, then shut the fuck up. And he was like, well, oh boy, we're okay. And then... (laughs) He said, well, that'll be that, and Adam will be over at uh, Book Soup, and uh, we hung up, or, you know, we that was it, and then the poor chick who was there. <laughs> from Sirius. Wa- from Sirius, as my liaison, was like, went, um, d- during that rant, the head guy wanted me to bring you by his office so he could say hi, and I said. Interested. <laughs> I said, he heard that rant, and he's like pissed off and she went no just weird coincidence that as you were ranting about leave me the fuck alone and don't ever bring this shit up again he was saying he was texting her oh don't let adam leave without swinging him by the corner office and saying hi to the head honcho mr xm (laughs) mr xm who's now serious and uh i said uh well no I'm uh, sticking to my guns of not wasting any more of my fucking time talking to these assholes about uh, my gauging my interest in Sirius XM. And she's like, uh, well, what shall I tell him? Because I got to go over there. Yeah, she's the underling. I will tell him, steps. listen to me on Pete Dominic. Yeah, I, she's, uh, she was walking me around, so she was simply going to walk me over to his office before she walked me over to the elevator. So now she's going to have to walk her over to the office. And I said, uh, look, just go over there and tell them nothing personal. <laughs> uh, not into wasting time. Had enough discussions. And uh, you can call James Baby Doll Dixon if you have something important to say. I'll be getting in the elevator. And she's like... <sighs> <laughs> How old was she, approximately? Uh, the Porcelain Punisher will probably uh, attest to uh, most of this, although I think he was sleep-deprived as well because he said uh, he thought I was talking to a chick. Um, Boom. Uh, she could have been 27. She could have been 30. It was kind of hard hard to tell. But a younger person who was not so important that she didn't have something better to do than to usher my Brillo head around the station and bring me to these places who probably was going to have a nice long walk over to the corner office to tell the boss man mm-hmm. I'm sort of fuck off. Now, would you have done this if you hadn't said all this on the show? Like, would you have just sort of automatically been like, oh, okay. I'll oh, yeah. No, I, I probably, because of time difference, sleep deprivation, and not being on that topic in my head and just being wired the way I'm wired, which is, hey, the head... You know, the head honcho guy wants to say hi. I definitely would have would have swung right, swung by there. Yeah. But I'd just gone on this insane rant, which was as he must have been texting, oh, don't <laughs> forget to bring him by the office kind of thing. So uh, it just turned out to be uh, bad timing on everyone's part. Or good timing. Or good timing. Either way, um, I didn't go. And either way, she did go. And either way, I guess he understood and then the beautiful thing about james baby del dixon is when i told him he started laughing <laughs> he's like good which is uh good because that's what makes uh baby doll baby doll what is the gauging interest like what what are they hoping to get out of that conversation 
people, uh, there's there's a, a few things. Um, it, it it happened when I was a carpenter, and then it happened um, now that I'm in show business. When I was a carpenter, or sort of an ex-carpenter, they people would say to me, you like carpentry, right? And I'd go, yeah. You like architecture and building and engineering? And I'd go, yeah, I'm real passionate about that. And they'd go... Okay, good, because the caulking on my apartment tub is gone all mildewy. And if you want to come over and help me scrape it, you know, that'd be you awesome. You know, and it'd be like, yeah, no, not not that. Not that. I'm into cool stuff. Not that. That's not for me. And they'd go, oh, I thought you were into this stuff. <laughs> and my whole, basically my whole showbiz career, it's been a lot of people going, um, we got this idea for a show where you get on a donkey and go in a circle and we have like $22 an episode. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I know I have jobs. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, there's a weird thing. I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of what celebrities would get more of that. But I get a lot of, hey, my buddy is doing a show on the game show network plus five it's a new channel it's not the game show network but it's the game Hope, show it's not quite online yet we're hoping to get picked up online mm-hmm. it's, it'll be on the internet soon hopefully things yeah. are right well yeah, we'll be yeah and and it's uh it's about you solving word puzzles on a donkey going in a circle we don't have a budget yet and i'm always like did you think i'd be available for for this show you're speaking of and they're always like i i don't know i don't know what you're up to like i, I don't know what you're doing so I'm sort of flattered that they asked, but I'm, I'm guessing it's sort of like this. Hot blondes probably don't get asked to the prom the day of the prom, right? Because people assume that they've been asked already. But the chick is a little heavy set. The bad skin probably could get a few of those. I think I'm that oh, chick. Oh, you think you're her. I think I'm her. I'm not her. Oh, pardon me. They think I'm her. <laughs> I don't right, think, think I'm her. Gotcha. They think I'm her. And so there's a lot of, how about we develop a show where you do almost uh, nothing for less than something and, and we'll do it. And we don't. And I'm like, no, I've, See, I got I 10 like shows going. I you shouldn't be flattered they asked. You're you right. You should be insulted. You're right. Maybe I'm, like the chick who gets asked at the prom, you have a reputation for being easy. I'm deeply, yes, I am easy, but I'm uh, in, insulted and deeply, deeply wounded. All right. Let's see. What do you got, Matt? Do you have that thing? I just... Oh, I hear it. You have it. All right. Now, let's set this up uh, one more time. Oh, sorry. Can't hear that very well. Uh, this is what I was... You want to turn it up a little? Or you want to pause it for a second? Yeah, just pause it and tell you. All right. So, wait a minute. Who shows this? Pete Dominic. Pete Dominic. That's right. It's on the POTUS channel, right? I yes. literally just get led around, and somebody said to me, "Who's so your favorite shows? <laughs> Who's your publisher?" I was like, "I don't, I don't know." <laughs> Some sucker. Do, do I have a job in a few years? I need to know. All right, we'll work on that. Uh, I don't know, but I, I love my publishers because uh, they set up the book signing table. Uh, we can find Matt will find that picture at uh, some at point. the actual There's event, the actual signing event. No, in their offices. 
Oh, they want you to sit down and sign a whole bunch of books. They said, could you come to our offices and sign 150 books? That's nice. And I said, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, this was after or in between my day. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, boy. And they said, uh, it's only going to take like 10 minutes. And I'm like, for 150 books, it might take a little longer than 10 minutes. Half of it is just the physical part. Hey, Matt. You tweeted out that uh, picture of me at the uh, Simon & Schuster. Where was I? Uh, you were on the uh, 40-something floor in a conference room. Yeah. What was the name of my publisher? Oh, Harbor Collins. Okay. It's, we it, were, it's it Books is the imprint. Is, is the one yeah. That published your book. In. They have a parent company. Yeah. We were there. And I walked into this room. We'll find the – Matt will find the picture. Um so I was like, oh, I got to sign 150 books. That's going to take a while, and I'm exhausted, but uh, so be it. And I told Matt to take a picture. I think he tweeted it out, but I, I'll I'll find it. I'm running Matt around, but he'll he'll find it and he'll throw it up there. I'll I'll filibuster a little bit because I don't want to step on it. But when you guys see what they did, you'll go, oh hell yeah! And uh, you also go, um, you also see, okay, these guys know what they're talking about all right if he wants to find that picture we can play the uh pete dominic uh but but what what do you think the future is is it all podcasts do do i have a job in a few years i need to know am i gonna be working for you once a year sirius xm contacts me and goes we want to gauge your interest in doing a show on Uh our network and i go how much money you got and they go whoa slow your roll we're trying to gauge your interest right and i'm like uh well you think I fucking call roofers up and go, right. I want to gauge your interest on so, redoing my house. Tell me how much money you're going to pay me, idiots. And then I'll tell you, Sirius XM is getting the biggest right jack-offs now. in the world. They call me once a year. They have for 15 years. They talk about nothing. Never mind. They never have a fucking nickel. Mm. And they want to gauge my interest. Here's my interest, Sirius XM. Zero <laughs> or everything in the world. Do you have any money? If you don't have any money, shut the fuck up. Stop calling me, you so, assholes. So, and then just bring it back to me so I'll be working mm. for you then? The future yes. Of this? Okay. Well, There's such fucking I'm... jack-offs over here. They're horrible. It's like, <laughs> well, we just want to gauge your interest. What the fucking gauge my interest? You think this is how the world works? Club owners call me. We want to gauge your interest. And you play. <laughs> Do you have money? I will get on a plane and come to you, but you, we, we have to give me money the at some comp- point. The book publisher... Uh, uh, gauged your interest? Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Hey, we want to gauge your interest on writing a book. How much money do you have? And they, t- they told you a number, and you said, I've got a book in me. Well, basically, how everything works is you go, good, give me a million dollars. And they go, fuck you. And then uh, they go, we'll give you $10. And you go, fuck you. And then at some point. Right, negotiation. Not at serious. They just gauge your interest once a year. I wish those assholes would quit calling. Uh, Adam Carolla is a radio and television <laughs> right. host. Now, as uh, soon as we hung up, as soon as this ended, which is in 18 seconds, mm-hmm. the poor chick came up to me and went, the head honcho needs to talk <laughs> to you. All right, don't, uh, by the way, Gary, thank you, but let me finish my story, please. It'll, it, it, or, or sorry, Dawson, whoever, oh, I don't know, God, whoever, whoever put that, <laughs> I, in general, if I'm telling a story, we'll just get to the end of it and then we can, then we can put up the picture. So, I, I don't think I exaggerated at all when I was explaining what I said about Sirius XM. And I think you undersold it, actually. I may have undersold it a little bit. I was tired and cranky. And then as soon as I was done with that diatribe, that's when the head honcho wanted to talk to me. 
and that's perfect. That perfect was a perfect timing. piece of timing. Right. All right. It's good. You talked yourself into taking a stand. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I am my own Norma Ray. I've said it many times. <laughs> what did the head honcho say? What did he want to talk to you about? I have no fucking idea. You never stopped by. There you go, Dawson. Anyway. It had uh, to be asked. I've, I don't know. I, I've, I want to gauge my interest on uh, coming by his office, I guess. For uh, a second, did you think it was because he'd heard what you said? That's all I thought. I just hung up. I just got done with the guy, and then the poor chick went up and went, the guy wants to talk to you in the corner office. Like, oh, yeah. well, I guess he's got his fucking radio on. Which would make sense. It would. But that's not what happened. It was just mm, weird, super shitty, shitty coincidence <laughs> that I went on that diatribe, and then he was he must have been texting her as I was doing it. Now, would that diatribe have happened if this was your second interview in the day, or did part of you know that this is your last interview at Sirius, so you can just let it go? No, I've brought it up a million times, and the last time I was there, I was probably saying whoever programs the 80s or alternative <laughs> channel needs to be fucking taken apart by vultures like just put on a hill you know have honey poured on them and literally taken apart piece by piece by scavenging birds because i couldn't take fucking man eater whatever other piece of shit they were playing on that fucking horrible that was a just punishment what offended me is they had their um new wave they had their new wave station which should be just joe jackson and graham parker and and Elvis Costello and Pretenders, and it was all this fucking don't you want me, baby, soft sell bullshit. And that's why I wanted the guy taken apart by Vulture. So I've done that rant over there. So now I don't care, as maybe you found out. <laughs> all right. I just figured it out. Here's uh, how uh, the guys over at uh, Harper House. Harper Collins. Random Collins. Random Collins. Penguin Collins. <laughs> Penguin House of Penguin Random it. Books. <laughs> It. Here's how it. Here's how the it guys. I walked into a fucking conference room that is way bigger than any table on Game of Thrones, and they had every single one of the 150 books laid out. Well done. In a circle around the table, There's lining the edges. I'm sorry. Just, is Game of Thrones known for gigantic tables? They always. <laughs> medieval times is some of the biggest. It was. It was the salad days of huge tables. I guess you're right. We started right. Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, there were no gigantic. No one ever said, "Thou shalt meet me in in yon kitchenette, in the nook, <laughs> in the nook, <laughs> to the nook." <laughs> no fucking way. It was guys on tables that never ended with their wives on one end and they'd be on the other, and that's super duper long tables. Yep. It's known for that, and this is one of those. Yes. That's impressive. And by the way, in the back of the on the wall, it says Harper Collins Publishers. So there that's you go. where you were. And they laid out every fucking book. And they, more sharpies than you need too. They tucked in to the page they wanted, so you didn't have to flip it open and find find the page. And uh, it was unbelievable. And I I went in a circle around the thing, and it took me eleven minutes. I signed a hundred and fifty fucking books. And the, um, I said, this fucking genius. And they said, this is Sammy Hagar's idea. I said, the Red wow. Rocker came up with this. By the way, if I gave you eight guesses, <laughs> no, ten. Eight hundred. Okay, more. Would you have guessed? Never, ever, ever. Even if I said Van Halen, you'd say that guy from Extreme. <laughs> Nuno? That's right. Gary Sharon? Yes. Something like that. Do you he, think Sammy Hagar is secretly a genius? Like Yes. 
because between of this, this and, and the Cabo Wabo and writing some killer tunes, like, is he secretly a genius? Uh, I really, I, I don't even know if it's secret. I think he plays the, hey man, you know, that kind of Spicoli character. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is he's a super driven businessman. Who hates sitting while he signs. And he just figured you can sign more books if you lay them all out. And and let the guy who gets $9 an hour do this work. The Red Rocker will blast through and sign him, and then it'll be back onto the tour bus to fuck a groupie. It's the kind of thing <laughs> where, about you, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you wonder, too. why didn't anyone think of this before? Nobody think. I'll tell you why nobody thought of this before. Only the super busy guy who sold his tequila company for a hundred million dollars thinks this way the person who doesn't give a shit how much time you spend sitting on a folding chair signing box after box of books see i've always said the person who makes your travel itinerary should go with you on the trip it'd be a much different itinerary because as it stands now when i get my fucking itineraries made I always say to Matt, you see, does it say lunch anywhere on here or dinner anywhere on here or break or anything? Or is it pretty much, well, you should be able to squeeze in a couple of calls on your way to the next whatever because you'll be in the town car for 13 minutes. It's like, yeah, where's lunch? You ever see lunch? Well, if you were making the schedule, you wouldn't schedule, oh, he gets up at 545 and does a radio tour and then goes to Stern and then ends up at all right. You'd go, ooh, when's lunch? And thus, lunch would be scheduled in. Um the guy who has to sign the shitload of books is the innovator. He has motivation. He does. Now, it would be nice if this is a – we're talking micro, but it's sort of a macro thing. It's the person that's sort of stuck in traffic that's thinking of ways to alleviate traffic, not the person that's sitting in their office building looking down on the freeway that's not moving. So you need to live it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you have to suffer from it. All right, Dan St. Germain. Good to see you, my friend. Great to be here. <laughs> you did a Super Bowl commercial with Howard Stern? Yeah. Thank you. Which one were you? Howard I was Stern? the fat guy with the cape. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I did, and they shot me with really cold water. I'm trying to think if I... It was for America's Got Talent. It was just me dancing to Maroon 5, and then they shot me with water. It was really cold. How does one get that gig? <laughs> Uh, by being the other fat guy who didn't turn it down. <laughs> by outworking the hell out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was wearing like a sequin top, you know, it wasn't. Dan, uh, by the way, this doing a lot of stand-up dates around the country, but you can go to dansaintgermain.com, uh, sorry, .net. Yeah, some chemist got the .com. .net, and uh, you can find out where he's going to be performing in a town near you. Uh, where you come from? How'd you get started? Uh, I, I started in New York. I uh, grew up in Jersey and then moved to Westchester when I was in high school and then you know, went out to school in Indiana and came back and started doing stand-up. Was there, did you always know this was going to be for you or was there something you thought you were going to do? Um, well, I tried it three times in high school and I was pretty terrible. So I gave up and I wanted to do like writing stuff. And then I went through like a breakup in college and I started it right after college. Like right after the, I did like a puppet show of the breakup and then that started transitioning into 
I don't know. Stand-up. Is it is it possible to be decent at stand up in high school? I don't think so. I, you hear some stories like Eddie Murphy was good. Only black right? guys can do it. White I white so. guys have a, a maturation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we need we need to ferment. We've had too we had it too good for sixteen. That's years. what it is. I think that's it. Black guys have such an advantage with all the slavery and the two <laughs> drinking fountains and the the German shepherds attacking them and everything. They're that so much better than us. Well, they come out of the womb ready to go. You know. Yeah. Oh, angry. We have like, well, I got a zit. <laughs> see, my stepmom's kind of snarky. Yeah, it's I guess. Not much. Whoa, we went to a water park once and it was closed. <laughs> so, are you writing this down? Bad breakups. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing going yeah. on in the white man's world. And then what happens? So Chris Rock can do it at 14 because he he's ready to go out of the womb. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's seen the pain. Just it was born into the pain. Yeah. Whereas Whitey, we got to get a few years of shit under our belt, and then we're ready to pop that boil yeah, somewhere around twenty five. Bad for a while, mm-hmm. you know? and yeah. then I guess you just. And I think I think you just get humiliated enough, and then you know, like I think he, I think that's why people in their forties are the best at it. Yeah, because they've been through the most shit. You I don't. Know? You got a few more days. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And then before I turned fifty, and I'm no longer good at shit. <laughs> well, when you were in high school, what were you? What was your material? I don't. I you know. I remember I got up on stage once, and I didn't think you needed to write anything down. <laughs> so I just. Like, I remember I did this. Imp- I don't even know. Like I did an impression of like a beach manatee, and I like <laughs> I did like uh, I got on the I started convulsing on the ground, and there's just nothing like silence. Like when you're like in the middle of this bit you're trying to commit to. It sounds funny. I mean, it's funny in retrospect that I thought that that would kill, you know, uh, and then, I don't know, I just gave up on it. It was like really scary. I still don't know why I do it, you know. I would love, actually be an interesting little sociological experiment or just be fun, but it'd be fun to force everyone at 15 to do three minutes of stand-up, just oh. to have on tape. And you, written down or not written down? Or no, you had to put it together. Yeah. You had a week to do it. And then you'd just be up there going, what's up with this cafeteria food? (laughs) (laughs) And that would be it. Mm. And then you'd be talking about, like, and Mrs. Parker, such a bitch. (laughs) A lot of local material. A lot of inside (laughs) local stuff. It's really hard, I think, too, because I don't remember even liking stand-up from the ages of, like, 14 to 18. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember liking it when I was, like, 12 and 13, and then I just stopped liking it. Who did you you watch when you were young? When I was a kid, you know, like like just comedy in general, like Naked Gun was like the first one that I yep. was like, oh, this Very is the funny. best thing ever. Sure. And, uh, and uh, you know, Airplane. Like sure. That, that old Zucker Brother type stuff. Yeah. And then uh, and then after that, I, I got into Steve Martin a little bit. And then I tried to pre- – I pretended to like Lenny Bruce in college, you know. <laughs> sure. I think Way every comic laid. does that. You yeah. Know? You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is the truth. No, in high school I pretended to like him. And then like in college I started listening to like – It must be – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. There's nothing else. The, 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 it must be good to be that guy. Like Lenny Bruce is to comedy what Radiohead is to music. Mm. You just go, who, who yeah. you into? Who you're influenced? Like, who, what are you checking I'm out? Digging on early Lenny, Lenny Bruce. Er, early, his early stuff. Early. Oh, cool. Club yeah, days. No, for it's sure. Yeah, absolutely. I like Radiohead. Was... Radio Bruce is what I listen to. Yeah. And it's like every, all anyone can ever do is nod their head. They can't yeah. go, oh, you're such a fucking intellectual lightweight. Yeah, he yeah. sucks. <laughs> Lenny Head. Yeah, like, I like Lenny the heroin reading legal document stage. Yeah, I like career. when he just got all the transcripts from his court case and got high, chased a dragon, and read them up on stage. Like, 
I don't even know how much of Lenny Bruce I know. It's just, and it's like, I don't know you three Radiohead songs, but you just say that and you're covered. Yeah. You're yeah. done. I think that that's like, and then you say Bill Hicks, and I love Bill Hicks. I oh, still Bill think Hicks. it's funny. That'll work. That'll definitely work. And those are the people, I think the like that's why it's so hard to do political stuff, because like there's so many people trying to be Bill Hicks and Lenny Bruce. And it just, if you can't, if you're a bad comic and you try to do that stuff, it's so glaring, you mm-hmm. know? Well, the guy I always miss and I uh, will always bring up in this situation is Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. I laughed every time that I watched that guy do stand-up. Yeah, no, I loved him in high school, too. And he just, I don't know why, because it wasn't even necessarily my kind of humor, so to, so it to speak. So but it was accessible. Like, it, it made sense. It's that, you got it right away. It's interesting, because, Adam, I've heard you say that you prefer, like, George Carlin to something that's silly or that's wordplay. And yet, that's what Hedberg was. You know, there's there's this weird thing that I think transcends comedy. It's just everything. There is a there's such a thing as a good version of like fast food. Like there's yeah. a good version of food that's not really good food, but there's still a good version of it. There's a good version of bad movies. You know, bad, just big time. Bruckheimer, well, pain whatever. Kind of like that. Yeah, there's bad movies that there, when when done correctly, yeah. you can jump genres and enjoy a food, a movie, or a comic because they do what they do so well. You know, mm-hmm. Mitch Hedberg told jokes, and I'm not a joke. I don't collect jokes, but he did it in such a way that always it always made me laugh. That was one of the guys that I when I started out, I was blatantly ripping off. I think I had like glasses and a coat. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like my first few open mics, I was like doing like one liners and stuff. Thank God I don't do that anymore. uh, By the way, we got uh, the news. We got a few phone Mm -hmm. calls up there. Somebody's got a relationship question. We can all just uh, jump in, Dan, as well. Trey, 24. Hey, Adam, what's going on? Tennessee, what's going on, Trey? uh, Me and my girlfriend have been together for two years. And she's, well, she was by, kind of still is. And I kind of feel bad because she really likes girls. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of talked about maybe having a girl come to the bedroom with us, but the thing is, I wouldn't be able to interact with that girl at all. It'd just be my girlfriend and watching. Mm-hmm. Good idea or bad idea? Well, first off, uh, I don't. I don't know if you need to honor that. You know, just you watching thing because I feel Ask like forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, once the juices uh, got flowing. There'd at least be a couple couple of attempts. A little boob grab, at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if 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 anything, your own, and then start, and then and then go for theirs. Now, when you say do nothing, as I don't know what what proper etiquette is for these types of situations. Are you naked? Like I'll be able to interact with my girlfriend. Like that's the plan we have in our heads. Like I'd be able to, you know. Mm-hmm. With her and she'd be servicing the other girl. Uh-huh. I would be able to like go to the other girl and like fill her up or kiss on her boobs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say fill her up, uh-huh. <laughs> but that's a lot of jizz control, also. Yeah, and also, so well. First off, um, you know, I don't think I don't think there's a lot of downside here for you and your genitalia, like. I, I would definitely, not, I would definitely not go. Well, fuck that! You're getting ripped off, dude. Yeah. I mean, don't go, for, don't go for that. So you get to do whatever you want to your girlfriend, and she gets to do yeah. whatever she wants to whatever chick you guys have roofied. And 
I don't, where do you get the third chick? Where are these chicks, and how come they're out there, and who are they? I, I don't know, but she she gets, like, hit on a lot. By, and by, I, she'll, come, like, she'll tell me about it, and I kind of feel bad because she does like girls. And, I, and it was my, because she's, like, really jealous. It was my idea to be like, look, I won't touch the girl. You get your girl, I get you with the girl, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, maybe we can try that down the road. I just wanted to see what you thought about it. Well, Trey, here's what I've learned from uh, all my years over at uh, Loveline. Um, have all the fun you want, experiment all you want, do all you want, but probably don't start a family, get her pregnant, have kids. You know what I'm saying? With my current girlfriend? Yes, that one. I, that's the that's the one. You're getting married to her. <laughs> but yeah, that's the plan. We've we've pretty much uh, got that lined up. Do you have all right? To- then in that case, can I? Do, sorry to be a boner killer here. Right. Do not do this. This has bad idea <laughs> written all over it, and here is why. You said that your girlfriend is really jealous, even though she's laying down the ground rules that you can't touch the other girl. You know that afterwards she's going to want to know. But were you turned on by the other girl? But were you turned on by her more than me? What do you think of her body? And she. Because you, if you enjoy watching the two of them, that is, gonna, I suspect, going to make her begin to question your fidelity. And it, I don't. It just to me it does not sound like a good idea. Only one way to find out, actually, though. <laughs> that was actually my ground rule. That was I said that before she even got to it. I was like, I don't. I'm not interested in any other girls. But it's more of like I feel bad because she she hadn't been with like she was mostly with girls. She had a few boyfriends, but she had like six five or six girlfriends mm-hmm. she'll like say something about oh that girl looks like this or, i got flirted with today and she was really hot hey so trey kinda, hold on let me ask a question do you have kids already no no okay that. i'm only 24 okay let's just hold off is all is all i'm saying because this chick sounds chaotic to me and and uh allison is right in what they do what women will do is <clears throat> Create a little trap. Mm-hmm. You will then stumble into it. Then they will use that sort of emotionally against you and blah, blah, blah. And that's what happens when you're 24. And that's why you're supposed to do this stuff. But don't get pregnant and don't get any kids and don't get married and all that kind of stuff. Also, um, you're right. When it comes to the actual finishing part, no talent, <laughs> especially if the ceiling fan's on, where that stuff's going to end up. You know what I'm saying, Trey? Well, I don't know if we uh, went to the whole where to aim situation yet. I would finish in the new chick's hair and then claim <laughs> that I beat them on a technicality saying, I said I would not touch you, and I did not touch you. <laughs> this is, you know, me going uh, Yuri Geller on your ass. This is me using, <laughs> I said, physically manipulating that spork with my fucking jizz. That's, that's all. I had the most awkward three-way once where me and this girl were seeing each other. And we took this one girl home, and this girl was, like, doing stuff to the girl I was seeing. And then I tried to go down on her, and she, like, turned around and punched me in the face and said, I'm only interested in this girl. Really? And they just walked home. Wait, you tried to go – which one did you try to go down Well, I was already hooking up with the one girl, and then the other girl was, like, going down on her. So then I, I was like, all right, well, I guess this is where I, where I go in now, you know? <laughs> right. And then I did – and it didn't work out at all. She like hit me in the face and was like, I'm only into her. Wow. And I was like, you're welcome for the drinks. And then I left. Well. Talked like an 80s ski lodge nerd, you know, as soon as that happens. You showed them. It's yeah. weird when people get offended in, in the middle of their debauchery. Yeah. 
Like, this is where I draw the line. She's wearing, like, a devil mask or something like that. <laughs> yes. And by the by the way, it just it seems to be – that's such poor form, punching was, people or trying to it eat was your very, pussy. It was like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty nice, right? I had good. I had a good one after that, but like that one kind of scared me off. But even then, I think like threesomes are for guys are really like when I had the one that was successful. It still wasn't like the best sex ever because you're so you have there's so much pressure on yourself. How many have you had? I just those two, the one that worked and the one that didn't. You know, mm-hmm. and then uh, me and then we me got and... a rubber match coming up. By the way, <laughs> literally, what's a rubber match? We got to figure out best out of three. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is basically you know the Clippers beat the Lakers once, the Lakers beat the Clippers yeah. once, and we got to see who's going to win the Subway Series. Which was a fluke. Yeah, this That's guy. Right. Well, me and this one guy were like, he was touching her boobs, and I was touching her butt. And then, like, we both were like, all right, is this going to happen? Now, nah, this is this can't happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and she just went like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed, you know, because I'm like, I don't know. If I Wait, wanna. so you had a two and a half and the there half was a two involved and a half. another guy? Yeah, yeah, because it was like, there's not enough room. She was like too small of a girl. Do you know what I mean? She was nine years old. No. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, I didn't know, really. That was the only other one. But, you know, now I'm looking for love. Oh really? Wait, you, wait, wait, wait! You think that single you can like after a month and a half? You can yeah. look at you can look at a girl's hip area and figure out if two can fit. No, I, I would be like a it would be like a rotisserie thing for lack of a better word. <laughs> you know, I like my ladies broasted. <laughs> so like a long torso. Right, right, yeah, yeah, like a Tilda Swinton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, or, yeah, or a Laura Dern, you know? Something yeah. Like that. Someone with a long torso. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, first <laughs> off, God bless Quite you. Paltrow, ideally. A lot of guys, if they would have started trying to munch a stranger's box in the middle of a threesome and they got punched in the beard, would just go ahead and say, I'll never get on Pack that pony in. again. Yeah. But not you, Dan. No. You got back up on that horse. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm, the, Ru- I'm the Rudy oh, of horse, threesomes. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. Keep going. You're going to stand up. We're going to give you the slow clap. <laughs> it's like the, the end of cool runnings, like I'm carrying right. the bobsled. That's right. You got back up. I love that about you. All right. Let's see. Uh, someone has uh, needs advice. I feel like this is sort of along the same lines. Hey, Michael. What's going on, Ace? You're uh, calling from Minneapolis? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm going to be in Minneapolis. i got a book signing uh, next week. You want to come by and say hi? Yeah, what's the venue? Uh, Mall of America, Rotunda. Look it up. No, I'm about 10 minutes away. I'll definitely be there. All right. There better be some guy named Michael. He's 23. He's having problems with the ladies. What's your question? Oh, oh no, it's not me. Oh, God. Uh, this is my best friend from high school. Uh-huh. Oh, it's definitely He's, uh, we're yeah. both, we're both 23. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's a friend. No, seriously, uh, we're both 23 and, uh, we were pretty social in high school, but once we graduated, he kind of fell off into, um, you know, his own thing and no luck with the ladies. He's still a virgin. Uh, whenever I invite him out to go places with me and my friends, he always finds an excuse to not go. So I was wondering basically how do I de-puss my friend and get him laid finally? I feel like with all the internet, whatever these days, there's just no excuse. But also, yeah. there's a window for <clears throat> losing one's virginity, which I would probably say is about fifteen and a half to eighteen and a half. And if you fuck up that window, then it becomes it's sort of male virginity and losing it is sort of like women with pregnancy, which is no. very easy. 
at 25, and then at some point you turn 37, and it goes down quite a bit statistically. Yeah. And I feel like once you see your 20th birthday, and you've not uh, dipped that wicks in a little pussy wax. <laughs> see, I, 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 write, uh, yeah. I use my words to paint pictures. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. Um, then... You're in fucking trouble at that point. And now you're up in your year. head, and it's gonna it's gonna be tough at that at that point. And your freshman year in college, I think that's the cutoff. Point. That that's pretty much the cutoff point. Yeah. So, fellas, you need. I, and, and by the way, Dad, I will hire my son a whore <laughs> to come to the home. I'm available. What are you talking about? <laughs> Punch him in the face if he gets too frisky downstairs, Sonny. <laughs> I will get him a whore just to get him laid because you know they do that. You know, they, here's what they should do. You know they come up with these fucking. Stupid studies all the time are like, hey, it turns out tall, good-looking guys do better in business. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Fucking thanks, Geraldo. Let me write this down. You mean the ones that are built like trolls with horrible skin? You know, like, and they do that. And it turns out ladies, you know, the ones that are uh, in the Daisy Dukes and look fantastic. More guys pull over to help them change the flat tire. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. But here's the study that needs to be done. Guys that got laid a lot. From, you know, I don't see a lot of guys that got laid for the first time at 27 having a lot of success in business and other things like that. Now, there's a weird sweet spot because too much pussy too early and too often can take the wind out of your sails. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) You had a friend that got laid? Yeah, good friend. I have. I had friends who got a ton of pussy and it basically that became their job. In high yeah. school, which was trafficking pussy, like that, that became a gig for them, and they just sort of dropped out of everything else. Also, you cannot get laid and have your confidence basically shattered. There's a sweet spot of pussy. See, I would almost, I would want to put it more in the like sixteen and a half to twenty zone. Do you think? I feel like fifteen and a half to me. That's a little young. Like I feel I'm like starting. God- I'm starting at the bottom. And saying that's 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 where you that's where you can start. And also, there's a variation for men and women. It's a little different. The window slides around. Well, I'm just, talking just about a guys. Bit. I just think guys that at 15 and a half are getting laid. To me, that puts them in that category of they're not going to be focusing on other stuff. It depends how early, yeah, how often and and how it works. But yeah, okay. So 16, and then just go freshman in college. But if it hasn't happened, then there's going to be some serious uh, effects. Yeah, and you also don't want to be. I think the guy who's 12 that loses his virginity too. I think that's like too young. Yeah, you, even you want to be him. You want to be him. But but you I think, don't I, be I him. think it'd be terrifying if I lost my virginity at 12. I think I would just be like, oh, I got everything pregnant. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everything around me is pregnant. You know? mm, yeah. It, it it is it is also weird because you essentially c- become a man, but you're walking into the eighth grade, and somebody's yelling at you, and you're yeah. holding a peachy folder. So it's like, what what are you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're getting stuffed in a locker. I wonder. Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, but but either way, I will get. I think my son, you know, a tasteful prostitute. Oh, an escort, Julia Roberts style. Yeah. Vivian. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. without Maybe the even Julia Roberts, you know, because we could be talking about 10 years from now. Who knows what goes on with her career? Definitely Eric Roberts. You'll definitely, definitely get Eric get Roberts. Eric Roberts. Yeah, he for sure. He would understand as a guy how important this is to a young lad. Well, how old was everyone here when they lost it? 16 and uh, something. It was my sophomore year of college. I think I was 19. I was 18. 
I was I, 20. I agree that after – I think Dan's on to something. After your freshman year or at least that first year out of high school, it becomes a thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, it hasn't happened yet. It's, it becomes a thing. Yeah. Right. And now you got to – now it becomes a you know, comedy from the 80s and you have to get laid and hijinks <laughs> ensue <laughs> and that's Whoa, it. Oh, boner. Yeah. And at some point you go running out of a whorehouse <laughs> and you're holding like a lampshade around your cock and you're screaming. And the whores are like, you could have taken your pants. Like, no, I want to do this this way. Mexican guy with the pumping the shotgun running after you. <laughs> And just a thing. It used to happen in every movie where you're running down the dirt road yeah. and the guy fires the gun and the mailbox next to you explodes. <laughs> I don't know. They stopped doing that in movies. I kind of so missed that. Mailbox humor in the day, back There's in the a day. lot of hitting them with baseball bats, yeah. running over mail. There's a yeah. lot. There's yeah. just in general mailbox related humor. The shotgun boom as you're running for your life and your friends are driving in a car in front of you. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Boom. Another shot. Another mailbox goes. Yeah, what happened to that? They didn't, I feel like they don't even have mailboxes that are out on the street anymore. And by the way, um, when you're chasing the car that you can't catch up to and the guy's yelling, come on, I would argue that you should yell at the driver, slow the fuck down, <laughs> instead of yelling at me to run faster in the nude while the mailboxes are blowing up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Parallel parks as that's the mailboxes right. are exploding. All right. Let's see. Uh uh, let's see. Think about. Uh, all right. Let's do. Um, let's screw the calls. Let's uh, let's do a little news, shall we, Allison Rosen? Yes, let's. The news with Allison Rosen. She reads some news from her iPad. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. It's Allison. Allison. And when it's time to wrap it up, she'll sign it off with zip it cut. It's Allison. Allison. I'm going to be signing my book, by the way, around the country in Virginia and D.C. and Minneapolis and uh, in Illinois as well. I'm also going to be doing a show in uh, Virginia coming up May uh, 21st. I'm not sure where, but you go to AdamCarolla.com. We're doing a bunch of shows. I'm doing a bunch of book signings and some shows. So uh, if you want to see me coming to a town near you, now would be an opportune time. All right. Where were we? Wildfires. All sorts of... (laughs) Wildfires. I want to hear that reaction again. Wildfires. <laughs> wildfires. <laughs> All sorts of wildfires are raging in San Diego County. Almost 10,000 acres uh, have burned. Three dozen were burning overnight as of now, although this could change. I heard eight. I think I might have also heard three. Can I suggest uh, – I've done it before, but the fucking acre thing. Yeah, can we, I know. can we do football fields? Paints a good picture. You know what I mean? If somebody said, you know, there's uh, uh, 100,000 football fields on fire, you go, all right, because they go, it's a 52,000-acre fire. And it's like, that seems big. <laughs> is that bigger or smaller than Mel Gibson's place up in Malibu? Or is that, you know, or sometimes people do that thing where they go, I own 41 acres outside Ohio, And you go, well, there you go. But you have no fucking idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Can we play volleyball in your backyard or can't we? Like, I don't know what... I don't know what the fucking acre is. I, I need they always they only give you acres. Miles is not going to work. We, we football fields. I feel like it's the number one sport. It's we stare. We could do. Yeah, we stare at the, but we stare at that grid all all you know That's for right. six months out of the year. Let's just make it a football field. We could work that out. All right, fucking Canadians. All right, someone up. do the acres into football fields. Oh, That's going to be Gary. Okay, Gary, you're gonna you're gonna do that. I'm going. Let me. Gary, let me see if I can figure it out just for just for just for uh, shits and uh, shits and giggles. All right. 
So it's uh, 50, so let's say 150, and then um, you guys go, go about your business, and we'll figure this, I'll figure this one out. All right, well, here's what I want to say. Shits and giggles don't normally go together. You're right. Unless something happens wrong. Mm. Yeah. This is a really Very wrong. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Bad place to have your two-year-old twin's birthday party, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Whose idea was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Let's see. Three times, so 450,000. Oh, fuck it. I'm this gonna, is amazing. I'm just going to picture it in my head and guess and say that it would be about 20 acres. No. A lot more. According to what I'm finding, uh, one acre equals uh, 75% of a football field. No. Oh, shit. Maybe it does. Yeah. If it's uh, 43,000. Yeah. It's 43,000 uh, square feet. It's, yeah, we. I think it was forty. I think it was forty-three thousand square yards. Is that what it says? No, no. It's forty. Uh, an acre is like forty-three thousand square feet. Right. That's correct. And then football field is. Let's see here. All right. Well, we'll keep going. Four thousand eight hundred square yards. We'll convert that into feet for you. Times three. Well, just go. We're cubed. Shit. No, no, no. Yeah. So that's uh, one hundred twenty-nine thousand. Square anyway, feet. gigantic amount. Of, yeah, sorry. A lot, a lot, a lot of uh, oh, it's exactly stuff three. Burning it's in... exactly three. Sorry. Okay. All right. So it's three football fields. Three acres in a football field, right? Because you just did one. You said fine. He well, said one acre is seventy-five percent of a football field. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wait, wait. Forty-three thousand square feet in an acre. Is that correct? Yes. All right, how many? 30,000 square feet in a football field. No. 300 times 100. 300 yards, that's yards, though. 300 feet, which is 100 yards. Right. By 100 feet, which is the width of a football field. No, I think it's 150. 150? Yeah. Okay, so you're still, but you're still going to be under what an acre is, just slightly. Uh, All right. They think it's an arsonist. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Think it's an arsonist who's burning down those stadiums? <laughs> who's doing the math? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I heard a, a, a thing that cracked me up earlier, which was the guy was explaining. See, the thing about arsonists is that they get their self-esteem from burning fires. <laughs> how, how are we going to deal with that? I don't. I I don't know. But um, these fucking guys should just. This should be burnt at the stake. Like, good news and bad news. You love fire, right? Right. Good. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be set on fire. <laughs> you could even let him set it him, or, or her set, yeah. it him, set, the, set it themselves. You're going to die doing what you love, doing other people's shit. <laughs> um, yeah, and they had someone in custody, and they questioned them, and then they had to let them go. So uh, so now I think that they're they're still investigating who might be doing this. But the thing is, it's so dry out there. It's like tinderbox mm-hmm. uh, conditions. So, well, the good the good news is the football field is right about an acre, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so good. So That's the good, good news. news. We'll, just, we'll swap them out with just football fields from this point <laughs> on, and that'll be fine. My grass mm-hmm. is getting crispy because of the yeah. heat. Is there anything I can do about that? I, I I'm going to put Don't down throw a lit cigarette. The mm-hmm. uh, fake shit. You know the the oh, fake like lawns, the, the, uh, the synthetic just, yeah, stuff, field turf or whatever. Yeah, smart. Yeah, it you looks good. It's better. Big deal. Yeah, no, they have stuff now that you can just roll out and do. Oh, really? Yeah, grass is a big fucking pain in the ass. It's really, it's not meant. Mm-mm. It's it's not it's 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 like it's like a purebred dog that was just never really meant. That got over inbred and not meant to really function anymore. That's kind of it's like, like a bulldog. 
Yeah, we don't live in a place where we're supposed to have lawns. We've just decided we should have lawns. Really, all we have should have is gravel, cactus, dirt, and sofas out in the front, depending <laughs> on what neighborhood you're Hear in. That, honey? And that's that's about it. But we've, we're forcing the lawns on on us, and it doesn't it doesn't really work. And there's nothing that goes on except for it's a place where the dog shits. Well, that's now that I have a dog, I'm aware that all grass is covered in dog urine. Yes. All grass. I don't trust any patch of grass anymore. No. And then for some reason when they get sick, they eat it. They're like, hmm, I'd like some of my urine-soaked grass to consume right. because my belly doesn't feel good. Yeah, How I ne- fucking I never- dumb are dogs? <laughs> Pretty dumb. Pretty great, though. Pretty great, but dumb. Like, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my belly hurts. I'm going to eat some grass with some of my piss on it. Yeah, i got to stop doing that. <laughs> Maybe that's what's making your belly hurt. <laughs> yeah, I never fish out used toilet paper from the toilet. No. Maybe I should. That's right. Make make your belly feel better. So J.D. Salinger would do. He'd drink pee every day, right? That was his thing. He hmm? did? Yeah, I hate to be the guy who knows the drinking pee facts. <laughs> who? That's the kind of thing J. I should Salinger, know. J.D. Salinger, catcher in the rye like, guy? Yeah, drink of when he really? was like- Really? Congrats. Ma- maybe Thank that you. was like an urban legend, but when he was like- uh, I saw the, the documentary. I didn't see that part. I, yeah, I'd hate to that be my thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, St. Germain. He's the guy who drinks his urine every day. I don't want to be that guy. You know? But wait, did well, that come out? better than someone else's. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the girl, I guess. What? You know- that woman Joyce, who I want to say Joyce Maynard, but it might, it might not have been yeah. her last name, who wrote a, she had sort of had an affair with him and wrote about it. I'm wondering, and talked about all his the weird things he did. Right. I wonder if that came out in that. Maybe I don't know. Um, there was a fighter, a boxer. I think it was Nishida, Anto- right? No, okay. Although it could be. Yeah. Uh, it could. It was Antonio Barrera or some one of those guys, and he was fighting Mayweather. This is only like two years ago and he drank his own urine and then he got his ass kicked. So <laughs> to me, that's the number one argument not to one guy. I, we did an experiment. One guy drank Gatorade. The other guy drank his piss and the guy drank the Gatorade won. Yeah. So that to me meant stop drinking piss. I, yeah. I used to have a bit about that. Like you can't be like a, the 50, 50 fighter and drink your own urine. You've got right. to be undefeated. You you really do. It just doesn't like it's just just stop drinking piss. Yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, Gary. You can find. I think it was Barrera. And we'll figure. We'll figure it out. But uh, he and it was a fought Money Mayweather about two years ago. Pay per view was one of those like HBO, you know, behind the scenes thing. And he was he was drinking his own whiz. So that's the argument against it. What's the argument for it? Um, Tastes great. You're. Less you're filling. trapped on Chief. a fucking pallet that's set adrift in the Pacific Ocean and you're not in a shipping lane. That's the argument for drinking your own piss. Um, but when you're just in training camp or in <laughs> right. an apartment, I would say no. Yeah. It's not much of an argument, to be fair. Yeah. By the way, we give yogis way too much credit. Yeah. Like, first off, people are like, hey, man, yogis do it. Well, first, what do they ever invent? What supermodel <laughs> are they fucking? You never so the recent enlightenment, big the, deal. They only fly commercial. You never see them with net jets. And well, I'm just saying, why are we looking up to these assholes? They don't seem to. They don't have a lot on their palate. No, it's like little, I want to know what Mark Cuban drinks. It's like shriveled up woman, women from far away that we want to know their beauty secrets. Right, right. I want to. I want to know what uh, the, what what 
the uh, Tesla guy. I want to know Elon what Musk, uh, Elon yeah. Musk. What is he drinking? I shall drink that. Yeah. The, the guys. Time to be quiet. The guys who you know they get up at six a.m. They you know they sit in a lotus position for an hour and then they don't talk to one another during breakfast and then it's uh, off to you know sculpt some uh, bamboo or something right. and then it's back to meditate again. I don't fucking need to know those guys' secrets. They're not doing anything. <laughs> they're essentially they're wearing their pajamas almost the whole day. They're, they're wearing, you know, they're not, they're out, they're not winning any wars, getting laid. All uh, they know, are take, is flexible. Yeah, that's all they are is flexible. I don't, I don't need that. Uh, it is Juan Manuel Marquez who uh, drank his own urine. I think that's what I've seen. Or, some, or I've seen Barrera. Okay, yeah. Juan uh, Manuel Marquez is the guy who drank his urine and then lost. Then lost. <laughs> yeah, and I would have said, you know what, Juan? You're not taking it far enough. You got to start eating your own shit for the next fight. <laughs> You promise you stopped at urine. That's only the figure skating. That's a try. <laughs> That's brutal. All right. What else? All right. Uh, God, should we talk about Hernandez or Sterling? All right. Uh Oh, Hernandez. Let's talk about Aaron Hernandez. That, that's breaking today. What's he doing? Uh, so former New England Patriot tight end Aaron Hernandez has been charged with two new murders. A Boston grand jury indicted him with killing Daniel Abreu and Sofiro Furtado, who were shot outside a Boston nightclub on July 16th, 2012. He already faces murder charges for the death of Odin Lloyd, who was shot on June 17th, 2013, near his home. Uh, and... Prosecutors have the murder reportedly have the murder weapon and can can sufficiently link it to Hernandez in the um, death of the two guys. They don't have it for uh, for Odin Lloyd um, for that death. But uh, so now prosecutors have two opportunities to convict him for murder, and this is in addition to the weapons charges he faces uh, and charges for assaulting a fellow inmate. And the crimes happened in two different counties, so prosecutors from each county will determine whether he'll face two separate trials, and if so, the timing of those trials. So it's not looking good for him. I don't like this part where we got the guy – this happens all the time where it's like, well, we got him in Boston, and he murdered this guy in Boston, and now he's in prison in Massachusetts. And then, uh uh-oh, something else went down in Mississippi four years earlier. Put him on an airplane. And I'm like, who's fucking paying for this shit? And as long as he's going to rot in Massachusetts, he he can't rot – in Mississippi and Massachusetts at the same time, can he? Or when he dies, they can't ship his corpse to, Mass- to ba- yeah. you know, Mississippi to rot. Like, well, he's in. He's good. It's good enough. Good enough for me. Or why can't – can I ask this? Maybe it's a little naive. But, um, you know, they're uh, – hear me out. You know, they have dog groomers and then they have mobile dog groomers. Mm-hmm. The van that pulls up to you. Why can't we just go to your prison cell and have the proceedings? You know what I mean? How many fucking – how busy has it got to be? Is this naive or is this selfish for when you end up in there? I'm just saying I don't want to pay for this guy being transported. I saw Con Air, by the way, like 28 <laughs> times. I know there's a lot that can go wrong in the air. A lot. <laughs> There's a couple things I learned from that movie. A lot can go wrong when it comes to transporting prisoners, number Mm -hmm. one. And if you're a super snarky FBI dickhead and you announce that that Corvette is your baby (laughs) and we see a scene of you polishing it with your sleeve before you walk in and yell at John Cusack, that car is going to be destroyed beyond repair. If you're an evil dean or any of that, don't fucking say how much you love your car. Underplay that for sure. I anyone ask that me about my shit? cars, I go that old fucking junker. I wish a fucking grand piano would land on it. I wish. 
I wish that Kuzak would hook that thing up to a yeah. tow line and a oh, C-130 right. would drag it across the desert. I wish. I wish it would fly out of an open plane. I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, these right. crimes are in Suffolk County and Bristol County, both in Massachusetts. Okay, good. So I, so I don't can know take that the, they're uh, that far away. You can take the bus. Um, but this now suggests a motivation for the killing of Odin Lloyd, which apparently they didn't really have a motivation before. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks as if possibly Odin Lloyd might have known something about these other murders. So that's why he was killed. Mm. I wonder if uh, I wonder if uh, Tom Brady <laughs> visits him. <laughs> and he just like walks in and goes, uh, yeah, man, how's it? <laughs> oh, and then he checks his watch. He's like, oh, fuck. I got to I got to bang Giselle Bunchin. I got to I got to roll. Well, I've been here for uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. She's doing a Victoria's Secret shoot. We, we were catching up. I mean, you were t- yeah. Well, is Gronk well speaking okay? of catching, he- I got to break in a new tight end. Speaking of tight ends, I got to get balls <laughs> deep in Giselle. Anyway, well, have fun. Tell Gronk I said hi. And- yeah, yeah. I'll see you next week, Coach Belichick. I got to bang Did Giselle. Did you ask about me? She gets she'll enough s- about Giselle. She'll start on herself with a vibrator if I don't get there in time. Thanks for the image. I'm going to use that. Okay, have fun. <laughs> yeah, sad. I love when people do this. Like when someone murders someone and they go, "He had it all and he threw it away," as opposed to just murdering someone and going, <laughs> "Well, what are you going to do?" <laughs> yeah, he was making eleven dollars an hour, so I could see why he was murdered. He was living in a pretty bad apartment, so I understand. He's driving a Camry with a cloth interior, so it makes sense that he would take a life. Right. But this guy. <laughs> He was making good cash. Uh, how could people do that? Like, oh, yeah, now, oh, I see. Makes sense that people that were, you know, making uh, under $50,000 a year could yeah, murder yeah, somebody. They, yeah, that, they that, can do whatever. Yeah, you can do whatever. You're not throwing anything away. Right, as if about 20000 is what stands between all of us and murder. Yeah. There's the there's two versions. There's the he murdered the guy for the eighteen dollars that was in his pocket, yeah. and there's there's the victim one. My God, such so senseless. And then there was he had a twenty million dollar contract, and he was a pro bowler and throwing it all away. Um, it just goes to show that murder isn't really one of those things that people sort out. They kind of do it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, do you think you know anyone capable of murder? Do you think everyone is capable of it? Yes. You do? We have a friend who the rest of our friends joke about. If any of our friends is going to commit a murder, we all agree it'll be this one person. Because mm-hmm. he's prone to... It's never that one person, though. It's the one that you don't suspect. Well, if that happens, I'll let you know. But, but <laughs> we all suspect it'll be the one person. It's that guy, too. What is it about him? He flies off the handle very easily about little things. I laugh because he hasn't killed anyone yet that I know of. Mm-hmm. But it might happen. Mm-hmm. Good guy, though. Mm-hmm. Violent? No. Or just has fly- a temper? Yes, loses it uh, over little things. Mm-hmm. His name's Catamarola. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of Kanderson? who. I'm trying to think of who. I think you'd have to. Um, I think. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you'd have to kill him in your car. I mean, if we're just we're talking about like cold, like cold blooded kind of thing, like anybody, and I don't think. I don't think I know that person. I'm not sure. You never I mean, know. I mean, I mean, what happens? They rape your daughter or something, and then you kill them, like that kind of stuff. Oh, I, I, I don't know. It's I hadn't thought that far. I'm just wondering how hard it is to get someone 
to do this act that just seems so aberrant. Well, the scary part is, as, as long as we're talking about the murder in NFL, I think it was Ray Carruth, mm-hmm. he was able to get his young <clears throat> uh, pregnant girlfriend murdered <clears throat> just by talking to a guy yeah. and going, uh, you know, hey, 2000 up front and then another 2000 you know after you shoot her and, and he was like uh which one is she well she's the pregnant one is 22 oh okay how are we going to work this out i'm just going to go down a dirt road and then i'll stop my car in front of her and then you get out of your car and then you unload a clip into her pregnant ass and then uh, that'll be that oh okay that that part is the scariest part of life, the part where you can just find strangers. I just want to gauge your interest in murder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the Menendez brothers, I don't give a shit about. Their parents obviously did something horrible to them, and then they decided it would be a good idea to give them the shotgun. This guy, the scarier guy, because he doesn't even have a fucking dog in this fight. He just needs four grand, or four grand sounds like a lot of money. To just off a pregnant chick. There's no country for old men, guys. You know, the Chicago right. types. They're, they're around. Yeah. I don't know what's scarier, the him or the Ray Carruth one who's like, well, let's see. Uh, I got my pregnant girlfriend. Um, we're going to go watch a movie. Then I'm going to take her back to my place and have sex with her. And then I'll follow her over to her place. And then that's where you jump in and shoot her and my unborn child. Okay. All righty. That that's the what the most chilling. They can just completely cold blooded, no value for life type shit. It really want it makes you want to pull their parents aside. I just want to do a show, maybe hosted by Howie Mandel, called "Nice Job," <laughs> where we go. Okay, here's what your son decided to do. <laughs> he was five years into the NFL. Yeah. He had a lucrative. Contract. He had he'd, everything going for him. He had everything going for him. Right. He probably made the Pro Bowl. Uh, he was banging a 22-year-old. He did not use protection. She got pregnant, and he hired this dude to shoot not only her, but the unborn child. Your son thought this would be a <laughs> fine idea. And then the whole audience goes, nice job. Is <laughs> that the catchphrase? At once. And we give them a chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we put them, uh, we put them in, on a, like a trap door. And uh, underneath it is a bunch of crocodiles mm-hmm. that were not fed for a month and infected with the AIDS virus. <laughs> yeah. I'm upping the ante. Pretty bad. And then Howie leans against the big... In case they make it out of there, then they'll have AIDS. Have AIDS as they get digested. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm on a roll, so if you have better ideas. (laughs) But instead, you just sit and snipe at my ideas. No, no, it's a great great idea. You make fun of my ideas. AIDS crocodiles. Okay, thank you. And Howie just sort of leans against a long lever with a big red ball on it, and we let him talk a little bit, you know? And we're, we're willing to hear what they have to say. You know, uh, the, you know, when the doctor took him out, he used tongs and uh, his umbilical cord got wrapped around his brain. And that part that's used to make decisions was strangled, <laughs> uh, you know, didn't get oxygen for the first month or something like that. And then how he'd kind of kind of take his hand, slide his hand that's off the point. lever. That's a good you know point. what I mean? Yeah. But you'd start going. But then you'd get the guy who was kind of defiant. It was like, hey, man. Uh, yeah, I whooped him, and I'd whoop him again. And then I see his hand go mm-hmm. back up onto the lever, you know, in the audience, you know. Yeah. I'd watch that show. Well, it was like Ted Bundy's parents uh, were apparently normal. That's the scary thing. Yeah, and... Not I, Ted Bundy, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, the guy who ate people. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, audience. I, and I don't know, like, how does that line of questioning go, like, when you're talking to Dahmer's dad? So, have you ever eaten anybody at all? To best of my recollection, no eating of people. Not even smaller parts, like fingers and toes? <laughs> I'm, I'm really racking my brain here, and I'm just going to say no again. So, like, when he was a child, mm-hmm. would you ever just, like, let's say for snack and earlobes? <laughs> I, I, honey, did we ever give her Jeff a <laughs> no, no, you know what? Saying... I'm sorry. I'm not interested in what she, I'm oh. asking you. Okay. Well, again, I, I, can't, re- I can't recall that at all. I'm going to say no. I'm going to stick with no. How about Flintstone chewables? <laughs> because those are human beings. Oh, wow. You think okay. that might have been the thing? Howie, grab the, grab the lever. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Maybe he ate too many Flintstone chewables. <laughs> He was like, hey, fucking Barney, not bad. He bit the head off him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, speaking of chewables, Nature Box, baby. Oh, you want a snack. Let's snack smart. Summer's coming. You want to get in good shape. You don't want to eat all that crap that's in the vending machine. Try naturebox.com. I'd like to try them, but every time they drop off a box of their delectable snacks, uh, Max Apata just, he, he crawls into it. He tunnels into the box. He he's goes into the back than man. Yeah, he, he, he chews. I've seen the back, back of the box completely chewed out by Max Pata. Eats everything in the Cashews box and leaves it back floor. in place. You don't even know he's in there. So destructive. Mm, yeah, nature box. Oh, barbecue kettle kernels and everything bagel sticks. South Pacific plantain chips. Over 100 more. Zero trans fats. No high fructose corn syrup and nothing artificial. Plus, free shipping in the U.S. So wherever you are. They'll bring it to you. Try NatureBox right now. Get 50% off your first box. Go to naturebox.com forward slash Adam. you got to tell them you heard it here so you get 50% off. These guys are great. The snacks are unbelievable, and they're good for you. So let's stay full. Let's stay strong. NatureBox.com slash Adam. All right. Let's see. One more. What do we got? All right. Well, there's so much Donald Sterling news. Hold uh, on. Carruth is getting out in 2018 or so they. Really? By the way, he's not going to be old because he wasn't old when he went in. I mean, comeback. <laughs> fresh, A lot of teams use depth in the secondary. <laughs> fresh legs. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the way our legal system works, where it's fucking retarded. I, it, it drives me nuts when I'm like, well, he didn't actually squeeze the trigger. Okay, did Hitler corral the Jews himself, yeah. or was it just kind of his idea? Like. You hired a fucking guy, you stopped your car short, and that guy unloaded a clip into the pregnant gal. That's not enough? Well, he didn't squeeze the trigger. So it can't be, like, really? That's actually something about Hernandez in Massachusetts. You don't have to be the one who pulled the trigger to get murder, so. They do got that right over there. Yeah, he just found, found guilty for conspiracy to commit murder, not committing the murder part because he just kind of sat in his car while the other guy did the squeezing of the trigger. I wonder what state it was because in California, I saw Charles Manson got, uh, you know, yeah, Manson, for ordering the murders. Yeah, he didn't He didn't go on any runs himself. He was... Uh, he also killed someone beforehand, right? Like when he was like really younger or something? Manson? Yeah. But it didn't factor into his, you know, later. I, I don't know if that was... Yeah. Like well, this was uh, North Carolina. All right. Uh, I guess it's a right to kill people without getting murder state. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Huh? Donald Sterling. Oh, Sterling. So he, yeah. I, I, have you seen any of the interview that he gave on Anderson Cooper? And then the following night, Magic Johnson was interviewed by Anderson Cooper to respond. <laughs> and meanwhile, I and then there's Shelley Sterling being interviewed. And... I saw. So, I mean, it's so weird. Uh, what I was saying is 
maybe he's doing a thing where he's trying to show everyone he's got dementia by going uh, clinger for mash on everyone's ass, like being so crazy that you go like like uh, Uncle uh, Junior or whatever on The Sopranos, Sopranos. like like right. like, hey man, you can't you can't you 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 can't charge me of this. I'm nuts. I. I'm wondering if how much he really does have dementia. I mean, he claims that he doesn't. Well, first of all, you remember we said that she claims that he knew he was being recorded and that she was his archivist. He said that he doesn't even like what's an archivist. Why would I need that? He had no idea that he was being taped. He had no idea. He doesn't know how she got him to say those things. And it at first I, I think there's I don't know. There's something almost believable about it. Well, he's 82, and he dyes his hair kooky color, which always means dementia, or certainly... Not of his right mind. Yes. I, I, think, it's, I think it's... Is he crazy, though, or crazy like a fox? <laughs> well, Because he does have a history of, the, people, of people do this thing where they go, uh, well, the guy, you know, the guy then took, you know, runaways, murdered them, and had sex with their corpses, and then everyone going, he's pleading insanity, but we're not buying it. It's like, I buy it. Through the act, you know what I mean. You could almost say, in a, in a in a way, the act of racism is sort of crazy, or it means you're not at least right in the fucking brain. Right. I guess yeah. I'm saying is he legally insane? I mean, I when know. he <laughs> claims that she baited him and got him to say these things, and that he doesn't remember saying it, and then he had no idea. You know, is he lying because he wants us to think that he's th- this? infirm old man or is does he really not remember it i don't know but I, can i tell you who the happiest man in america is who? michael richards <laughs> he's just sitting home fucking petting his tabby going you Finally. go girl this is awesome please talk to anderson cooper again would you please the second happiest is jackie jesse jackson uh, right like another apology tour is coming oh, this yeah is baby be good so we have a little clip. <clears throat> this is uh, magic or, or Sterling? Well, we have both. Okay. First, it's Sterling because, you know, he started out by saying that he wanted to apologize. And he also explained that he was foolish and he loved her. And now, he, you know, he doesn't know if she ever had feelings for him. And maybe he was deluding himself and that he was jealous. He was jealous of her bringing black players because that, you know, she had described them as black. But they were, you know, guys that she wanted to date. Or, he, he didn't want her to be seen with other guys. It wasn't about them being black. Um, and so. So, but then things took a an even worse turn when he started talking about Magic Johnson, and here he is. He's exp- for, he says that Magic Johnson called him uh, and told him to like lay low, don't say anything, I'll help you. But then changed his mind. So he's sort of the the reason we clipped it this way. There's there's something that explains why he is kind of angry <clears throat> at Magic Johnson at the beginning. Right. He lulled me into waiting a week. Do you know what I mean? He said, don't do anything. He told you, saying. you're saying he told you not to say anything? Yeah, don't do anything. I know the girl. Don't do anything. I'll, I'll help you. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. What you're saying is Magic Johnson called you up or you called him up? I don't know his phone number. He, he called, called you up yeah. when, when the tape broke. I don't call anybody. He called I'm you up. loyal to you. He, he called you up when the tape came out and he told you not to say anything? Yeah. Saying? Why did he say don't say anything? He just said, wait, be patient, I'll help you, we'll, we'll work it out. Why do you think he said that? I think he wanted me to just do nothing so he could buy the team. He thought maybe the whole thing would be resolved in two weeks. Hmm. Well, what has he done? Can you tell me? Big Magic Johnson, what has he done? Well, yes, he he's a business person. He, uh... He's got AIDS. Did he do any business? I'd like... <laughs> 
See, and you thought my, my crocodiles with AIDS was a bad idea, but this is a good interview? You're all over the road, Allison. Have sex with every girl. This is great. Then he catches HIV. And, uh, is that someone we want to catches. respect and, and tell our kids about? Oof. So Anderson, this, you know, it's not like he's one of those homos out getting AIDS. He got it the right way. But either way, you know what I'm saying. Oh, right? my God. There was this other moment where he says to Anderson, he's like, you know what it is when you like a girl and she doesn't call you back or something like that. Yeah, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly what you mean, Trudy. Trudy. So that second part where he's talking about... (laughs) It's a a perfect name for some reason. Yeah. Anderson, as the whitest man on the planet, can I talk shit about the blackest man on the planet for just a minute? Can you agree with me? So that part about Magic Johnson, that the soundbite, that part everyone has been playing, but the lead-in to it where he explains that he felt you know, duped by, by Johnson, that one hasn't gotten as much play. However, Magic Johnson says that no, he never called him. Uh, on the contrary, Sterling called Johnson and wanted Magic Johnson – or Matt, I'm going to call him Magic. Uh, Sterling called – Magic Johnson, (laughs) and wanted him to sit in on an interview with him. But so anyway, now we have a clip of Magic Johnson. Okay, here we go. Interview is sad. It really is. I'm going to pray for this young man. I I hope Donald uh, can see the mistake that he has made and also the people he have hurt along the way. And then what's really sad, he, you know, it's not about me. This is about the woman you love outing you and taping you. And putting your uh, and putting your conversation out here for everybody to know, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. I don't know this young lady. This is between you two. But then he wants to include me, and I'm not included in this situation. And then he wants to, you know, ask me what I've done, you know, in in the minority community. That's well documented what I've done. By the way, do you ever think there's a part when they go, I I, I pray for him. I pray for an anvil to fall on his fucking head. Like, <laughs> right, what's I didn't say what I prayed for. I did not say what I was praying for. That's right. Yeah. I'll give, bet you a million doll hairs. He does that. <laughs> hey, I do. I'll put all that. Let's shake on it. Wow. All right, bring it home, baby girl. That's the news. I'm Allison Rosen. Zip it, cunt. Sorry to be a boner killer here. That was the news with Allison Rosen. All right. That was Adam Carolla Show 1327. Dan St. Germain, Allison Rose, and Brian Bishop. Hope you enjoyed that. Coming up next, we have Adam Carolla Show 1347. Greg Fitzsimmons, Fitz Dog, Allison Rose, and Brian Bishop, Part 2, June of 2014. Allison Rose and the News. The News with Allison Rosen. She'll read some news from her iPad. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's Allison. Allison. And when it's time to wrap it up, she'll sign it off with Zip It Cunt. It's Allison. Allison. So in very breaking news mm. that I wasn't necessarily planning to mention just now, except everyone in the studio, and by that I mean two people, which is a large portion of people in the studio, said, oh, do you have this? Oh, do you have this? Because these people care. U.S. beat Ghana in its opening match of the 2014 World Cup. Yay! Yeah, they're they're superpower that Ghana. I've seen them described as pesky Ghana. <laughs> it's got to be weird. Who'd you beat, Ghana? Is no, but a, really. Is that one of those STDs? No, it's just Ghana. Where's that at? Do they have how many folks are there? Like, oh, 
That how many buildings that have that more than two stories? <laughs> it's gonna be a long flight back to <laughs> Africa. <laughs> yeah, send them packing. I mean, not they don't have stuff, but I just mean you know what I mean when I say packing. <laughs> you know, and they're going back to uh, where's it again? I'm gonna say Africa. Okay, and go with it. All right, all right. We'll take that Ghana. Uh, there you go. By the way, don't doesn't Ghana need a win more than we do? Well, I, when I was trying to pull up this story, I just saw a headline that had to have been very recently that said there's no way Ghana can lose. So, well, see, Gary's nodding. So this is a surprise win for us. Ghana was expected to take this one. Why is that? Uh, everyone, there's the, the start of the World Cup is groups of four, and it's universally accepted that we have the hardest group. And mm-hmm. we're not very good. We're not mm-hmm. expected to advance. Craig Fitzsimmons in studio. Just in time. We're talking about Ghana. Find me a map. I want to know what's going on with Ghana. I landed I, in Ghana once. I want to know what their greatest export is. Not soccer. Tears is what I would assume. You, were you in Ghana? Yeah, I, I was in South Africa once, and uh, we were flying. You. We were flying back to the United States of America, and a gentleman on the plane started to have seizures. Mm-hmm. And there was no. Um, yeah, see, from South Africa, we were cutting mm-hmm. across there, and um, the rule is. You try to find some Valium, which in South Africa Airlines has all been raided and pilfered. <laughs> and so they have to wait until you have three seizures before they will land the plane. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. So on the third seizure, we land in Ghana at four in the morning. And two guys come on the plane with a stretcher that looks like it's left over from mash canvas with blood stains on it. <laughs> the guy's wearing an ACDC t-shirt. That's my point. We beat him in soccer. Big fucking whoop. Right. It was Beavis. Right. <laughs> and we all just looked at this poor guy having seizures, being pulled off the, and they're like, goodbye, goodbye, dead man. <laughs> now you were, it's right next there, pretty close to Nigeria, I guess, is, uh. If I was it's Negrogeria. <laughs> it looks. Wait a minute. Are there two Nigerias? Oh, there's Niger. Niger. Sorry, Chad. All right. So, um, where were you going? Where were I, you had... I apologize for my lateness. I am. Uh, doing... No, I mean when you're in, when you in, went in, to Chad oh, or Niger, Ghana. Yes. Uh, well, I was in South Africa with my family on vacation, and. Um, I flew home early by you myself. Can, you can lower that. I don't know right. who took that mic and put it all the way up. Motorhead was in here. I um, I flew home early to go to Las Vegas because I was hosting the uh, the porn awards. Oh, right. So right. we're at the airport, and my last words to my wife were, um, who do you think is more likely to get AIDS this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Ghana, ninth largest producer of diamonds. Huh. <gasps> Well, it can't be good. Producer, <laughs> digger upper, yeah. Crude oil. The children find the most diamonds. Natural gas. Mm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Either way, I I know we get all whipped up over here when we beat Ghana, but come on now. Oh, we I, won. We won in soccer. Big deal. What do yeah. we get all whipped up about soccer for? We should get their diamonds for winning. <clears throat> Although I was trying to think, it's weird because I was thinking about. The reason I don't think I like soccer, and I think the reason why most Americans don't like soccer is because we don't like foreplay. And soccer is a whole bunch of foreplay with just a money shot at the end, if that happens at all. Yeah, like there's, there's a zero-zero tie today. We want fast and furious. We want 500 cars destroyed, lights up on streets of Tokyo, cars flying through the streets, catching fire, rolling over. Like That's what the NFL is. Right. Football is... Th- European football is, you know, 
an hour and a half and it's zero to zero or one to zero. There's not big concussive hits and huge guys flying all over the place and lots it's of stuff to look at. sports blue balls. Yes, it's sports blue balls. That's what it is. They should make the soccer ball blue and put hair on it. And have like a teenage boy as a mask on the side. Like, going, it hurts. That's right. It hurts. And when you kick it, it explodes and sperm just flies in all directions. But, but how are you, people should be writing this down. So I started thinking to myself, the countries that like this, and I, I started thinking about a lot of these European nations, I think they're better students than we are, and they have delayed gratification because oh, yeah. they realize it's going to be better. But then I realized it's huge in Mexico, too. Mm, yeah. So it's just big everywhere. But we as Americans, specifically, we want to see something, and we want to see it now. I mean, we want the scoreboard lit up. I would think you would love soccer because it's an opportunity for you to watch Latino people back where they belong. Uh, toiling in the sun? Not in America. Oh, in Ghana. I thought you would get off on that. I'm convinced it was, it was invented to keep poor people busy. What's it going to take? Well, not a frozen hockey rink, not a bunch of equipment, no horses involved. Just just one ball, and 26 of you can just, the whole village can pour onto one dirt field. players. We need more. Yeah, we need more people. We're all water polo. Put them all in a pool. Yeah, no, 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 no. We'll get, like, uniforms. No, no, just one ball out in a dirt field. The whole fucking town can just go out there for nine hours and just stay busy. Right. If you think about it, there's no fucking ice hockey. I, I mean, it's a little math. I mean, we, we were talking about this with Gary. Nobody I knew growing up in North Hollywood played ice hockey. It didn't exist. And the reason it didn't exist is you needed equipment. You needed skates. You need a new pair of skates every year when you grew out of them. You, you need, need a, a dad who would dad drive who you would to a midnight right, skating a session. Rink, right. Drive you to rink at 6 in the morning or at midnight or when, whenever. And that was all way out of bounds. So if you just kind of do that same math... And you bring it into an impoverished country, it's like, same thing. Dad ain't driving you anywhere. We're not going to freeze this water and turn it into a rink. You're not going to buy a bunch of Cooper equipment and new skates and all that stuff. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, here's one ball. You can play barefoot, by barefoot. the way. Just go run Why around. Fuck, all you need is a pair of cut-off shorts, and, and they play it on dirt. Yep. Just go run around. Yep. And then, and, and also, it, it creates a, a sense of uh, homosexuality among the players. You see the way they rub their, their, each other's heads, yeah. and there's a lot of hugging. A lot of and, pulling the shirts off and exchanging of shirts. Right. There's a lot of fluids that mm-hmm. are touching each other. And, mm-hmm. and if they win, there's, there is a gangbang. Whoever mm-hmm. scored the goal, it, it's a pile-on. I don't know what's going into him, but you can't see. He's being violated, for right, sure. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if he gets a hat trick, that's that's a you're limping home that day. <laughs> Greg Fitzsimmons, by the way, uh, Addison Improv, and, your favorite uh, club. <laughs> well, stop me if I'm wrong, but at least the way we did it, we walked there from the hotel, which is sort of across the. It's on the other side of the street and down about a hundred yards. Correct. And it's upstairs, mini mall next to a Jack Shack. Next to a Jack Shack in Addison, Texas. It's got this super long. There's nothing more depressing than an outdoor hallway when it's hot where the guys have gone to smoke or have some sort of sex that was done standing up with someone who was throwing up later on that night. like Maybe at the same time. Or at the same time. Like that super long hallway that yeah. has, a, it has a roof on it, but it's, sure. not, it's, not, it's not inside. When right. you say Jack Shack. Oh, thank you. I was wondering, too. Oh, it's a, a, a place where a, uh, a woman 
would rub a gentleman's back and then perhaps after flipping him over would um, uh, crank his uh, cock and balls mm-hmm. until he spooged on his uh, stomach and chest. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tradition that goes back through the Asian I don't culture. believe there's a green room. There's an office the manager has that, that right? you can sit in. You sit in the, in, in the back. Okay. Yeah, I don't. There's you don't get your. I always own. hack into the computer when they do that and see how my numbers are. Oh, get interesting. Get the real head count. I check on Fitzdog's numbers when I'm there too. Ooh, <laughs> wow. Sad. Ouch. Oh, the mighty have fallen. Oh well. I, I guess he loves it. I was up there at one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's funny. No, you, you you don't have a green room like with your own oversized weird sofa in there. Mm. It's just the back room, oh. and it it. It's comedy in a place where comedy should not be produced. It's a great room. For the record, I've done it. I, yes. I don't remember all these accoutrements that you A-listers are consuming. I know August must have been going out of his mind. Up, it was. I remember it's upstairs in a strip mall. But the room is phenomenal. Yeah, it's the, a good room. Yeah, it's a great comedy room. Yeah, but you do walk back to the hotel, right? I, of course you will. Is that worse than having to be driven? No, it's just it's a weird, it's a semi-sad hotel. It's it's the, there's the hotel. When I drink my red wine at the end of the night, it's the hotel where you have to do the Sophie's choice. Do I drink this red wine from a ceramic mug, mm-hmm. or do I drink it from one of those plastic cups in the bathroom that collapses almost under its own weight as yeah. you attempt to pick it up? Right. What's sadder, the plastic cup that's being smashed in your hand, <laughs> like your Robert Shaw trying to illustrate a point, or? Well, the ceramic, the ceramic mug, mug. is going to infuse a little bit of a coffee It'll have a little flavor coffee to the flavor. Wine. And because of the heft and the weight of the thing, you'll never quite know how much red wine is in there. No. Because the light's off because you're watching TV at night and you're back in your room. And it's one of those hotels where the TV d- faces the same direction as the bed. <laughs> so you find yourself at some point laying across it. The wrong direction with your feet, one foot on the floor, and the other one's kind of cropped up. You're, you're doing your best to angle yourself, but you're really not on the bed. The, the, feet, the TV needs to be where your feet are, yeah. not where your left shoulder is. Mm-hmm. But it ends up you end up turning the TV some, and then you turn your body the rest. And if you took a time-lapse picture, be you slowly. Like a sundial. Like counterclockwise, your body <laughs> sliding off sure. of the bad comforter and onto the floor while you try to watch TV. I have a question for you, Adam. <laughs> when you're in these hotel rooms with the lights out, watching TV, drinking red wine at the end of the night, do you actually make a choice, okay, now I'm going to go to sleep, or do you just wake up in the morning? Like, mm. do you just pass out? It's, it's, it, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, it it's, sounds like a Peter Frampton song. <laughs> I brush my teeth and, you know, shut the TV. So it's not a passing out, but it's a more of a giving up to consciousness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just surrender. Right. I lost this rock, paper, scissor game with consciousness. Like, it's just, there's nothing else. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching a local car dealer commercial right now mm. where there's a guy with a hammer who's smashing prices. He's crazy. And he's telling me that this weekend, he's, I can, if, I, if I come down, I'm going to get free corn dogs for the kids and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> and that's only this weekend. That's this weekend only. And I'm just thinking, it's time to go to bed. There's, there's nothing more here. I think here there's for two me. different types of sleep. There's people that, like my wife, they, they go towards sleep, they embrace it, they get into bed, lay down, and she just begins sleeping. And then there's people, I'm like you, I need to exhaust every resource life has right. until my self-hatred has been beaten down, mm-hmm. and I, the, the fingertips slip off the edge of the cliff, mm-hmm. and I go into sleep. 
Well, I used to say it all the time. Like when I would do Loveline, especially when I did Loveline in Culver City at Westwood One, and I would come back and I would do Stern. Um, I would sit in with Stern from the studio, the same studio I worked at, check out of that studio at 12.05 in the evening, and Stern started promptly at 3 a.m. <laughs> L.A. time and uh, West Coast time. And I would be back for the beginning of the show because I was sitting in for Jackie or Artie or whoever. So I'd be there beginning of the show to end of the show. Where, what did you do for those three hours in between? Well, I didn't not masturbate. <laughs> Now, the other thing I, I didn't do is go home and immediately go to sleep. Because people say all the time, oh, you go home, go to bed, see if you can get like two hours in and then come back. And I'd go, no, you don't get it. When I go home and go to bed, it's just over. Now I'm up and I'm back at work. Like, I don't want that. I want an hour of red wine and sports center just to pretend like I know it's fucked up. I know I'm going to get 55 minutes of sleep. But by the way, is two hours any better than 55 minutes? It's all fucked up. Yeah. And either way. I don't want to start again. When I close my eyes, it starts again. This is my time. I get my time now. Do you have that feeling? Well, when I fly into a city, like I was in the East Coast this week, and you fly in on a Thursday night, and then you have to get up the next morning to do radio, and they pick you up at 6.30 a.m., which is 3.30 a.m. West Coast time <laughs> yes. for you. Yes. So I usually will take a sleeping pill the night before, Yes. not calculating that you really need eight hours and wake up five hours later and proceed to go into radio studios and utterly disappoint all radio talent involved. Yeah, because I, you still have coma. this thing in your system. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. And they're asking, they, they want me to be rapid fire. Hey, yeah, nice tie. How about the fat guy? What's going on with the mulatto chick? Is she right. going to read the news? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just walk out and everybody's going like, what, are you okay? What's the matter with you? More coffee. Give me some more coffee. Three or four of those. Now you're done with the radio. Go yes. back to the room. Now the sleeping pill is worn off, but the caffeine's kicking in. So you go, all right, I'm going to crank one, take a nap. Mm -hmm. So you crank one. Now you feel ashamed and jacked up. Mm. So you can't get work done. <laughs> it is a, can I say this? It's what causes all these guys, the aforementioned Artie Lang and guys like that, to go off the rails. Because when you get back to the room, the sleeping pill is worn off. Your, your fucking clock's all fucked up. You're doing two shows that night. It's 10, 12 in the morning, and you're like, I need a beer. I need a beer badly. Like, I got to fucking Because you're unwinding. It. Yeah, I got to tone it down and crank one out and take a nap, and I need a cold one right now. And, that, right. and that's the only – then it starts becoming like it's Thursday, it's 10, 15 in the morning, and I'm definitely heading out looking for a beer, and that's where it begins. Right. That's where and it all starts. And, and the masturbating yourself to sleep is so – it's like cliff diving. It has to be done at the exact moment. You have to have gotten your – my outfit's all set for morning radio. I don't have to think about it. I got a washcloth. Pants Fuck suit. that. Give me a bath towel, okay, because uh, I'm draping that across my chest. So oh, I don't even have to think about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. I just, I just go to sleep. There's right. no cleanup. Mm -hmm. It's like not, you're not sitting the, the – you're not setting the table. You're throwing down a tarp. You throw down a tarp. It's like mm. a, it's like uh, um, Gallagher. It's like Gallagher jerking off. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me picture that. Mm. Okay. Right. Oh, the mustache. Yep. I. Uh, <laughs> that's why when you come in next and you got the towels, you have to smack them like one of those light sticks to get just to get it 
just to get it moving. You know what I mean? Start, First, start, start with a good whack on the counter just to start breaking it in. Like, like, an, like an ice cube tray back in the day where you just pull out your mom's freezer and just whack it once out on the counter. And then, then you can start moving forward with the drying or the padding right. or whatever you need. Yeah, the moisture will loosen up the rest of it. But just that first crack lets you form it around your yes. ribs. That's right. I don't know what percentage of guys use those things for fucking jack bibs, but it's 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 high eighties. I, 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 I in mean, this room, it's about a hundred percent. Ah, I've I've worked it. I've worked it out, and then the, the shower and the stand up mode. I'm, no. I'm done. You know, I'm, are you kidding me? Listen, I'm going to drop some He's knowledge waste. on on all you guys. Whoa! Let me say this. Let me say this. I've said it before. The beating off with the lube that. Uh, that's 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 a mistress that'll bite you in the ass. Like right. it, it feels good, but then you kind of get caught without. Now you're now you're in trouble. Caught now, without. Well, every guy who's who's become a slave to the lube hmm. finds himself in some position camping at a hotel, like somewhere. I see. Where minus you're going. the stage, lube right. on stage. <laughs> right. Minus tastefully standing behind the keyboardist without lube. <laughs> And now you got to go out on a lube run in Addison, Texas, mm-hmm. at you know one thirty in the morning. There's there's difficulty, and at some point you break down. There's a beating off with the shampoo, which is a sort of alcoholic's version of drinking the nail polish remover or something like that. Yeah. You know, drinking the Sterno or something, and it right, burns. Right, you can't and, tell if it's cum or a good lather. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But your pubic hairs have a nice sheen later. <laughs> Either way, well, I overcondition my pubes. Either way. I'm going to teach my son, we talked about this, no lube, black coffee, because you'll be stuck with the bad powdered creamer or the bad Irish cream or whatever. If you just go black, you'll be fine. I'm also going to teach him to beat off standing up, because you won't ever have to go through the Fitz dog thing with the tablecloth on the the chest. Do you ever experience this? The the few times I've masturbated standing up in a shower, um, my um, sperm... Coagulates in the hairs on my shins. Has that occurred to you? Slow down. You're making me hot. I'm not kidding you. It, it globs up and sticks. Oh no, yeah. Sperm. You, you you gotta you gotta work that you gotta work that one out. Do you go into it? Do you go you go uh, askance a askance with your feet? Oh yeah, yeah. You got head. You got head into the. You got head into the. You know, it's like it's like it's like when you go out into the the waves and the surf. Right. You know, what I mean, don't stand up and try to avoid it. Just duck your head and get duck under your it. head. Get under it. Dive toward it. Like a civil rights riot. Dive toward the jizz. They got the yeah. fire hose. You just put your head down. Go toward it. Go you know, toward it. You run. You're going to land on your. You get flung against the that's wall. That's right. You start paddling before the wave gets there. Got it. Right. All right. So uh, Ghana, <laughs> they're Ghana. <laughs> U.S. of A. All awesome. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also You're not watching in... it all? You guys aren't watching the whole thing? I've watched I mean, all I, the games. I mean, I haven't missed a game. No. Allison. Stand Up Live, by the way, is where uh, we're going to be and where Fitzdog's going to be. Now, that's a nice room. That's July 10th through the uh, 13th. That's coming up. For Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good room. Yeah. Parlor Live in Bellevue, which I don't think I've ever been to. That's a fun room. All right. And great, that's... great green room. You'll love it. 24th through the 26th. <laughs> Uh, also available on Netflix, Life on Stage, a one-hour special with Fitzdog. Fitzdog Radio's podcast, sorry. All right, where were we? All right, I have a question. Mm. Uh, you, choice of clubs. One has a great green room, all the snacks Mike August could want, but sort of a middling actual room that you perform in, oh. versus one that has a great room to perform in, but zero green room. Mm. 
Well, Cleveland Hilarities is one of the great rooms, and it has no it dressing has a closet. room. And it's, it's, it's a bummer. It has a closet where they keep props. Right. Like for a cabaret show. There's a, there's a cabaret show in the next room, and they get priority over the green room. They come in and change outfits. Mm. So you, you can kind of hang out there a little bit when they don't need it. Right. But, but the room itself is amazing. Yeah. See, it's kind of downstairs, isn't it? Yes, it's down a flight of stairs. And Does the great green room, bad <clears throat> room room exist? Because I feel like any club that's going to put money into the green room cares enough about the room. Right. But I don't know. You guys. Well, once in a while, it's just happenstance where they had this room and they made it into the green room, but it was already existed. There's no such thing as a great green room, some, some better than others. It's always... First off, here's what here's the here would be the question or the answer to your question. Are you doing two shows or one show? Because if you're doing two shows, yeah. you're hang, you're hanging. Uh, Stand up live in Phoenix has a really nice green room that walks yeah. right out. You walk right on stage. Got nice furniture, it's like nice flooring, like nice paint. Like it's it's a nice facility. And the thing that I hate is Mike August sits back there and eats, which is a, a and locks us out. Oh, he locked us. We, we get locked on stage. Yeah, I told him. Uh, anyway, I he he eats, and then uh, there's something about somebody sitting and eating when you're getting up and doing what you're doing. And I've uh, said it many times, but you do this one where you call back home in between the two shows right. because of the time difference. In between the early and the late shows, you time for you to call back. 10.30, 7.30 their time. Uh, right. You're going to say goodnight to the kids because when you come off a stage, by the time the late show starts, it's going to be too late. Right. So you do that move and you call back home and your wife picks up the phone and you go, let me say goodnight to the kids. And she goes, oh, I'm, I'm out at the sushi place. And you're like, <laughs> you are? Yeah, I mean, Jennifer at the sushi place. And you're like... Now I'm super depressed. Like I, I don't. You're sitting and eating sushi. I'm fucking standing in this closet where they have the cabaret outfits, and I want to kill myself. It, it right, just, right. You've just ratcheted up my misery. Right. Like now it, the key to that call is both parties have to pretend they're not having a good time. If I'm on the road and I'm in a great city like San Francisco, and I spent the day City Lights bookstore, rode a bike, hung out with some friends. When she calls, I go, "It's horrible, baby. It's yeah. horrible. I'm lonely. Uh, nothing's going on." You know, hide the joy, and she needs to do the same thing for you. Yeah. She needs to be like this spicy tuna roll is subpar. <laughs> and and I don't want to hear... You're on a zip line while I'm like, eating it. In the, right. Yeah. I don't want to hear in the back, oh, no, we're we're good with the sake, but the Sephora, that will take another. Right. Like, uh, that, I, it's a weird It's a weird wiring. I, I'm, I'm sad to say I'm wired that way. Yeah. I, I always... I, whenever I hear that, I always walk out on stage and go, look, I'm not a bad guy. I just want her running in place for 90 minutes while I'm on stage. I get home, and if she gets bored, she can do push-ups. But <laughs> I always feel there's something that just sets that hook. It, it's usually the worst town you're in, the two shows that you're doing, the worst, the green the green room being in Cleveland, just being a, basically a mop closet for but crazy outfits. But if someone else took her out for sushi, meaning they picked up the tab, would it be different for you? It's a it's a one-two punch. It's one, I'm only in this miserable joint because I'm doing it for the money, and some of it and is... And we love you, fans. <laughs> some of it... <laughs> 
Thank no. you for your support. Thank you for your support. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, it's, it's the, it's the bad green room. And by the way, the there's a difference between traveling with you guys and doing a live podcast, which is much more of a communal thing and much more of a, oh, go up, pull up a stool, and and crack wise with a guest and and all that versus doing the two back to back ninety five minute shows where you're just on your fucking feet sweating through your undershirt like that is. A, that is a different animal. And the, yes, it's the money. I'm only doing it for the money coming in, but money's trickling out as I'm trying to get the money to trickle in over here. Mm-hmm. But there is the, you're doing exactly what I want to be doing on a Saturday night. You are yeah. out somewhere eating sushi with your friend. And right. I'm fucking jealous, but the jealous has turned to rage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you have that fit stock? Yeah, I find Friday night is when it hits me. Like a lot of times I work Thursday through Saturday. And mm. Thursday night you get in. You're lit up, great show, and then that Friday morning radio hits, that caffeinated no-nap no day, and then you do the first show Friday, and then you got that hour and a half in between, and that's when I start to feel like, fuck these people, <laughs> fuck my life, why didn't I become a TV writer, what am I doing? And then, and then after Saturday morning, I wake up, and I realize I'm leaving the next morning, and I'm fine. But Friday night between <clears> shows, that's when it, it is, hits me. It is, and it's an, it's an interesting phenomenon and I, I wonder if it's this way with everyone because I, I'm the same way, which is once you get to Saturday night, it's just oh it's on. Like whatever. The five hours is gonna go by. I'm gonna be back in my hotel room and we got a Southwest flight at eight fifty five the next morning. Like it's it's it's, it's I see downhill. I can see yeah. the the light at the end of the tunnel. My bag is packed before I leave for <clears> the <throat> show Saturday night. My room is set up where the the towel and lotion are on the pillow. <laughs> That's right. The porn is already locked on shishtime.com. I've got a nice little lesbian foot show going on. It's it's I'm linked and then uh put on my socks and leave in the morning. Yeah, you're ready to go. And um the you'd make a great volunteer fireman. Hold on, Greg's not done beating off. He heard he heard the siren. You don't want him coming down that pole the way you know the way he's, the position right. he's in right now. Yeah, he's That's just all. working on the pole a little That's longer, right. and he'll be here. Uh, yeah. Now it's interesting that you think. Well, what about Friday? Well, Friday you're not even thinking about going home. Nope. Friday is. I got two shows Friday. I got two shows Saturday. Don't even. And the Friday Night Late Show is famous for. You've been wor- Everyone's been working all day, all week. They went out to dinner, had a few pops, and then they had another hour to kill before the show. So they had another drink. Now they get to the show, and clubs say, you're not done. We got a two-drink minimum, asshole. More. Right. So if you're headlining, by the time you get up, these people are exhausted. They're drunk. And, uh, and it's also when a lot of bachelorette parties tend mm. to trickle in. Which are mm. great, right? Mm. No. No. <laughs> All right, what do we got in the uh, news, baby girl? Well, also in sports news, uh, Baseball Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn died. Mm. He, yeah, he had a multi-year battle with salivary gland cancer. He was only 54. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it was an eight-time... 15-time All-Star. But an, I think he led batting... I think he had the batting eight crown time like batting eight champion, times. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something insanely impressive. He also played uh, Herman Munster. Different dude. <laughs> oh. No, I that's Fred for a Gwynn. Oh, that's Fred yeah. Gwynn. He uh, then he coached San Diego State. San Diego State, yeah, the Aztecs. Yeah, he's like a classy dude. I mean, never heard any bad things about him. Well, here's the deal. I guess you'd ask most twelve-year-old um, boys: Would you rather just make it to fifty-four and have uh, fifteen All-Star games on your belt, or would you rather make it to 
84 and, you know, work as a postal sorter. Yeah, be an alternate on one all-star team, for example. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Second most in history, by the way, uh, eight batting titles. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Lifetime batting average of three thirty-eight. Yeah. That's crazy. That's but insane. It's got to be in the top. Modern era's got to be in the top ten easy. Not only that, but he was a power oh. hitter, too, wasn't he? No. no. But three thousand one hundred and forty-one hits. <clears throat> but he hit, he didn't hit a he hit. A, so what's called a spray hitter? That's right. Sprayed it around. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, he's going to be missed. Greg's a spray hitter. His son's a player <laughs> as well. Tony Gwynn Jr. He's an outfielder <clears throat> for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, and he tweeted today: "I lost my dad, my best friend, and my mentor. I'm going to miss you so much, pops. I'm going to do everything in my power to continue to make you proud." Well, that's nice. Five Golden Gloves. I mean, geez, that. Yeah, he, he played for however many years, but he played the entire career with the Padres, which was in the National League. So he never DH. Like he played the outfield the whole time. Yep. He was one of those older players who just pounded out hits as a DH. Probably the greatest uh, Padre. Which not saying that much, but still. All right, what else we got? Story out of Utah: Three children were injured during a Civil War reenactment. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, they were black. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so fighting. <laughs> they were just around the battle. A cannon was fired, and a spark landed on a pouch containing additional charges for the cannon. <laughs> and the smoldering ember set off the contents. This is tragic. No, they're fine though. No, they're in, they're I, in stable condition. Right, Both right. burned. Yeah. Uh, the smoldering. The sad thing ember... is, they could only treat them with whatever was available in the 1860s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leeches, splints. They literally bit the they, bullet. They really commit. There's yeah. a sock dipped in whiskey. Bite down on this boy. We got to take that arm off. Yeah, they just and it wasn't even his arm. <laughs> no, it's just they're arm, taking the just arm take off. Just taking arm off. Yeah. So a smoldering ember set off the contents of the pouch, blowing it up and injuring all three children. What? By the way, it would seem like <clears throat> I uh, I like the vintage car racing, and as time marches on, cars become vintage. So. Back in the day, it was a bunch of cars that were built in the 50s and the 40s or maybe the 60s. But as time marches on, you see cars are built in the 70s and the 80s because everything's vintage eventually. Um, in terms of the war reenactments, when are we going to move on to Vietnam? Nice. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's go rape a village. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who's with me, Fitzdog? I feel there's going to be a lot, like a much higher turnout. For the village raping than there would be for the charging of the fake cannon. You right, know what I mean? Right. And, you know, everybody wants to play that girl with the napalm on her running naked down the street. Yeah. But that's, that's Sunday. You wait for you Yeah, wait that's, for Sunday. that's the closer. Right. That's right. I'm just saying there are many other wars and conflicts to move on to. Mm-hmm. It's been, I feel like we started the Civil War reenactments during the Civil War. There's actually a small group of people who were reenacting the war as it was going on, and we haven't stopped. But we didn't move like on. It was like tweeting for them. Yeah, it, we got. Yeah, we got to move on. The, the good with the uh, with the Civil War, it's a battlefield, which is great because there's bleachers and people can really watch the formations and the way. The tough thing with the Vietnam War uh, reenactment is that they're in the bush and mm-hmm. they're in trees, and mm. to really experience it, you got to you got to go in the shit. Yeah. It's much more interactive. I right. still feel like, you know, cutting the sleeves off your jacket, and, mm-hmm. you know, drawing, you know, meat is murder on your helmet or something. And I'd be like the Tom <laughs> Berenger character. Yeah, Barnes. You know, I'd be Barnes, right. you know. I just, I'd put in that little mosquito repellent stuff right. in my headband yeah. on my helmet. Yeah. You know what I mean? That no one ever went for, but it was just always there. Yeah. 
That that's the kind of thing I'd be into. Uh, I, th- I no shortage of heroin. I got to imagine. I mean, smoking just for the out weekend. of a human skull. That's it. <laughs> I would just that would be a weekend that I could see me and my family, you know, really getting involved in. Right. Versus eh, put on these hot, you know, the the the, the stuff's like uh, wool. You know what I mean? No. It's 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 hot outside. You're right. running up and down a hill in leather boots up to your ankle, up to your knees. You know, like then not right. for me. No, the Vietnam yeah. outfit was uh, it was casual. It was it was Jimmy Buffett meets a psycho killer. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, not flip flops, but you know, the, the the laces were worn open mm-hmm. most of the time. And the other fun part is when you show up, there's protesters, and so you you beat your oh, way through yeah. lines of protesters. Ah, oh, they're calling you baby killer. Right. They're spitting on you. That's right. Yeah, I like that. Get and, your uh, juices going for the war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the I like the pageantry around with the protesters and sure. stuff, and we all sort of dress Majestic. them in corded, you know, yeah. this sort of appropriate seventies garb. You People know, putting daisies in your in your rifle. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, hey, you dropped your beads, and when the guy looks down, I hit him with the butt end of my <laughs> rifle. <laughs> then you have sex with the hippie girls because yeah. there it's free love. It's free love, right? man. Yeah. And I explained about, uh, you know, I left a piece of me over there, lost a lot of friends. You know, that's I, I, just something I could get more involved in. Right. Mm-hmm. Rest of the year, you just walk around saying you wouldn't understand. How, how yeah. was the reenactment? You wouldn't understand. Yeah. And then in order to keep the reenactment authentic and going, I have to wake up with night sweats, throwing <laughs> punches like four times a year. <laughs> My wife just finds me wrestling with a bathrobe right. that's hanging from a hook, stabbing at it with a crocheting needle, screaming. <laughs> then you're exhausted the whole next day when you're trying to drive the cab. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was going to be in Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Harry Nilsson or someone like Harry. that. Harry Something. Chapin? Chapin. Shit. That's the craziest song in the world. Mm. He, because, <laughs> we got to find that song. He was a Vietnam song. vet, right? He <clears throat> had to be. He had all the markings of it. That that song it starts off song? like a normal song. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's Harry. Is it Harry Chapin or is it Harry Nilsson? No. Some other Chapin. Chapin. must be Chapin. Yeah. You should, you should be, uh, it's Harry Chapin and. There was uh, two guys that were the same. Yeah. Harry Chapin and uh, who's the Cats in the Cradle guy? Cass Stevens? No. no. That's Harry. Harry That's Nilsen. Harry Chapin. Oh. Harry Chapin. It's who's Cats in the Cradle. Harry Nilsson is I Can't Live Without, or live, uh, without uh, You. All right. This guy. Can't live without, living without you. I, I don't know right. the name of the song. She was going to be an actress. An actress and I was, was going to learn to fly. fly. <laughs> she went off to find the footlights. And I went off to beat off an ass in Texas. Harry Chapin. <laughs> yeah. It's called Taxi. Taxi. Yeah. Um, it, it, it takes a weird turn at the end when he just talks about getting stoned. Yeah. I get high. high. <laughs> he flies so high. He, he flies so high because he was going to be a pilot, but now he's actually high. I would like a top ten of songs that didn't know when to end themselves. <laughs> Wreck like of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Right. Anything by the Moody Blues. Right. Right, like it's, it's, it's at the end when they're just repeating the same thing over and over again. Right. Just, just end it. Just end. Yeah. Or you begin talking. It's a song. Right. If you're talking, <laughs> wrap it up. So he picks up a hot chick, a well put together chick, right, in the back of his cab, and he starts to recognize her. You visualize the rearview mirror. He's fixing yeah. it a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's adjusting it. But you said. I'm sure you're mistaken. 
And she didn't say anything more. She knew. She right. knew right then. Mm-hmm. It took a while, but she looked in the mirror. Then she glanced at the license for my name. A smile seemed to come to her slowly. It was a sad smile just to say. Back in the day when you could read the name. <laughs> and she said, how are you, Harry? And he uses his name. He uses his real name. Said, how are Sue? You, Sue. Sue, yeah. There you go. Through the too many miles and the two little smiles. <laughs> two little smiles. I want to know the backstory, though, at this point. We uh, know what's going on right now. He's going to lay it out. It's a Here six it and a half minute song, so. Here it is. <laughs> Some flashbacks coming. <laughs> she, I think she wanted an attack. But they were going to stay together while she was an actress and he was a pilot. It was somewhere in a fairy tale. Somewhere. I used to take her home in my car. We learned about love in the back of a dodge. How about the four girls going like this in the background? Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah, the sirens come out. Yeah. You see, she was going to be an actress, and I was going to learn to fly. Play, play the brushes on the snare drum. That's Yeah, the brushes. It's like the cowbell of drums. <laughs> There's a big musical interlude in the middle of this thing, too. Oh, here's where... Oh, here we are. Dig, dig, everyone. Here it comes. Turn it up. Whoa! I Whoa! inside me Whoa! to This is right up there with MacArthur Park in terms of blowhardedness. There it goes again. Gripping the wheel at this point. That's right. Here, oh, here it comes. I got a eunuch in there. Here's where it comes. There. Music was so blowhardy in the like 70s. There's a whole jazz song in the middle of this song. I think I got a parrot in there. <laughs> Get a picture of him doing this live. What does he do oh. on stage during this? I do guarantee... I don't think he's alive anymore. No, he died in a He, dropped, he died trying to finish this song. He <laughs> <laughs> just kept going. I mean, he died of natural causes. It just wouldn't end. <laughs> he was... He was outside, and people one by one realized it was him and beat him to death <laughs> with copies of this album. He died at age 38. Ooh, wow. Car accident. Oh, really? Wait a minute. Was he driving the VW? And I think he was there driving was a not much yeah. more for us to talk yes. about. A rabbit? Whatever we had once was gone. Yeah, I was so doing a gig. I turned my cab into the driveway. Past the gate and the fine trim lawn. Oh. Nicely trimmed lawn. It's <laughs> a euphemism for something else. Oh. He, really, he was working that rearview mirror. He saw the fine trimmed lawn. <laughs> Here's a great line. She said, Harry, keep the change. You need it, you piece of garbage. another man might have been angry. Five songs. 
Oh, that's a great line. I stashed the bill in my shirt. <laughs> it's one of the blowhardiest songs of all time. Which is the worst because you never find that money. You check your pants nah, before you go to you bed. You wash it, then it gets destroyed. This dry cleaner just made 15 bucks. They both got what they asked for. He would to make $4 an hour driving a hack. This is back when they used to make sweets. This wasn't a song. This is a sweet. Yeah. All right. You see, she was going to be an actress. And I was going to learn to fly. She took off to find the footlights. They just let anyone in the studio. Hey, you got a noise? Yeah, yeah come on in. We got a few more minutes to kill. <laughs> What is that? It's a really bad cough. Come on down. Let's mic you up. <laughs> you have an asthma attack? Quick. Get inside. She's in her big home. Here it is. He's getting stoned while he's operating a motor vehicle. And you know when he sings that song live, the crowd goes bananas oh. when he goes and, and stoned. Here it is. And I'm stoned. <laughs> I'm high when I'm stoned. So look, I hope they're kids that are listening right now. Because if you ever set your goals to something, you want to be a commercial airline pilot, right. you can do just as well driving a hack and smoking reefer. And the sad thing is, you know, for a lot of uh, Moroccans and such that come to this country, this job is a giant step up. They're, they're excited that they're driving a taxi. It's well, not a step down. This song had to be huge in their country. Oh. You know what I mean? They'll go... I want to go to a place where there are beautiful actresses. I drive to their fine, manicured lawns, and I get huge tips. They're and then I get, songs about I get it. Hot. Good drugs. <laughs> Good drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Stashed a bill in my shirt, my fez, or whatever I'm wearing. Take some flight lessons. Fuck it if it doesn't work out. I'll just It'll get high in my, ca- my taxi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Harry's going to be missed. That's for damn sure. That song was awful, but I still feel sad about the fact that he died at 38. Yeah, me too. It's back... Uh, I. I think he was doing a gig and coming back from a gig. I think he died like on the Bay Bridge or something, in New York or something. He was, he was on, like on a bridge in a, in a VW. And he was on Long Island Expressway near Jericho, and he pulled over to slow speed and had his flashers on, and somebody came up behind him and just launched their car into the back of his and ruptured the fuel tank, and the car got set on fire. Oh, boy. But his yeah. widow won a $12 million <clears throat> suit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, now she's ironically become the one with the manicured lawn and the big yes. house up on the whatever. Over-tipping cab prophecy. drivers. Jesus. 12, uh, by the way, $12 bucks in 81 or 82, that, uh, yeah. that's when it meant something. All right, let's bring it home. That's the news. I'm Allison Rosen. Zip it, cunt. That was the news with Allison Rosen. All right, that was Fitzdog in studio, wrapping up the news. Coming up for our final clip today, we have Adam Krula Show, 1324, featuring guest hosts Natasha Legero, Moshe Kasher, guest Tito Ortiz, Allison Rosen on News, and Brian Bishop in studio doing whatever Brian does. Natasha's an amazing guest, a great fill-in news gal in her own right, a really kind person. She was in the studio in one of my episodes. She was the fill-in news gal while I sat there blabbering. Uh, Moshe Kasher's amazing, really talented dude. Really fun episode, unlike anything else in the show's history, and we've never played before. I hope you enjoy. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Tonight's guest hosts, Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher. Tonight's guest, Tito Ortiz, with Allison Rosen on news and Bald Brian on sound effects. And now, a petite brunette just like Adam Corolla, Natasha Legero. 
Hey, you're listening to the Adam Carolla Show. I'm Adam Carolla. I'm Adam Carolla, too. We're Adam Carolla. <laughs> I'm also Adam Carolla. Brian, are you Adam Carolla? I guess I am. Today yes, I am. we are Adam's Carolla. Do we always have to call you bald, Brian? Oh, uh, no, you absolutely do not. You could call you. We could just you can call just you, call him bald. Just call him bald. <laughs> First name. Do you have a top drop, Bald Brian? If the hooker's name was Strawberry, she stayed the night. Havy from a couple weeks ago was our top drop. You guys have all this lingo. I don't think we know about it exactly yet. But. I, I've never been a guest on this podcast, and I am now the host of this podcast. <laughs> you really, you really jumped the middleman yeah. or Moshe, something. Have this you ever listened pod- to this podcast? Hey, we don't need to ask personal questions like that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's the Adam Carolla Show coming to you live from Carolla One Studios. We are drunk on Mangria. You guys are our first two-person hosting. Hosts, two prong, two person hosting hosts, <laughs> two pronged hosts. Yes, uh, we're thrilled to be here. We're very excited to be here. I've been a guest a few times. Yes, Always you have. had a great was, time. Was Adam excited to have us on? I haven't talked to him about it, but I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Well, I'm sure that <clears throat> I'm sure that if when he hears the name Natasha Leggero, what he thinks is what that means in Italian, and then it goes into a slow sports car thing. What does it mean in Italian? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he always talks about what my name means. What does it mean? Because he's really into cars. Uh-huh. It's like a lightweight sports car. Oh, okay. You're kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to say it seems a lot like the uh, the happiness and excitement quotient has been heavily skewed towards Natasha. Uh <laughs> Not only was she introduced as Natasha, take it away, she's a petite brunette. Nobody mentioned me. I'm a, I'm a brunette. I'm not fat. You're arguably, you're petite. You're I, fit. I'm fit. But the uh, they gave us a list of our own credits that we could maybe plug throughout the, throughout the list, throughout the show here. And let me just read off some of Natasha's credits and some of mine, okay? <laughs> Natasha Facts. She was on the James Franco roast on Comedy Central last year and is a frequent panelist on Chelsea Lately, both show business-related topics. Uh, Moshe Facts. His parents were both deaf. <laughs> Worked as a sign language interpreter when he was 17. His brother is a rabbi. Now, arguably, you've heard of my brother's credits more heavily than you've heard of the ones that they now, mentioned for me. That's a heaping helping of facts right off the bat. I mean, I've done stuff. I'm also a frequent panelist. Not according, not according to the bio they whipped out. <laughs> I guess not. God. Maybe it's more like Natasha didn't have parents who were deaf. Maybe I have That's just true. a really boring life and the only things that have happened to me are in Hollywood in the past eight years. That's, That's not true. Point. You get to fuck me. <laughs> yeah, how long has the fucking been going on? <laughs> how long have we been fucking? How long yeah. have we been going out? Both. We've been going out a year and a half and we've been fucking a month, uh, almost Three, a month now. It's been Yeah, like a month and a half. Yeah. Oh, you really enough. waited a long time. Yeah, and you know why? I don't know why. For God, because my brother's a rabbi. He gave us some instructions. <laughs> Does he approve? Uh, no, she's not. She's Italian. Oh, so that's bad news right there. Yeah, no, he's actually. She, he actually hates Natasha. Okay, is that true? No, yeah. he's a lovely man. Was there any Natasha slipping is. it in God's blind spot while you were waiting? Slipping it in God doesn't have a blind spot. He does it's the butt. Oh, God that can't see the butt. That's what Christians. You're think. a Jew. I, I think- why are you bringing? Aren't you a Jew? Yeah. Well, okay. it's under some debate. Oh, so really? that's a whole long separate story. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I think I think that that's how Christians sort of stay, right? It's you like know, a that's how they stay you virgins. Know. <laughs> you know, you used to get rammed up the ass when you were a teenager. That's I not mean, what I meant. I, I think that's meant- a very very small sect of women who believe that. Yeah, I think it's bigger than you think. I think that there's a swath of uh, Christian slash Catholics who do believe a lot. They're called they're called saints, I believe. <laughs> I think they're called sluts. Yeah, same, same. Same sluts. Same, same. 
I um, went to Loon Mountain in New Hampshire many years ago to this Christian rock festival. I was covering it for Seventeen magazine. Great story. <laughs> <laughs> and I interviewed um, a bunch of kids. And this story that haunts me was this um, boy told me that he threw himself in front of a bus because he felt so ashamed after he had sex the first time. And that is the light of the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to God Talk. <laughs> but then he woke up like in a gutter and decided that God didn't want him, like d- didn't take him or didn't want him or something. I was like, okay, well, how did you... Re- how did the bus not hit you if you really threw yourself in front of a bus? Oh, he's like, his real revelation was that he was a liar. <laughs> yeah. That was the one that I had, yes. He's like, man, it was so hard because, of course, my first time was a, a threesome with two Playboy bunnies. And that was difficult for me, you know, as a 12-year-old boy <laughs> to deal with the shame of having Tia Carrera in bed with me. How do you live up to that after that? I mean... And probably so hard bar to set right off the bat. Yeah, probably still a Wayne's version. World star. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was uh, Alice Cooper and Tia Carrera. Oh, wow. He never left the set of Wayne's World. <laughs> no, in an AMC Pacer, oh eating licorice. It was a really good day. We should talk about the show we're doing, Moosh. Uh, we can do and that. Then we should take some calls. Okay. <laughs> what are you trying to... All right, Natasha. Well, because I feel like I always feel like I'm going to run out of time or something. I don't know. We have all the time in the world. Oh, okay, good. I mean, well, as long w- as that's an hour. I would like to hear about the show that you're doing together. Well, well we're it's here. on a boat. That's what the most exciting part. It's on a boat in the Caribbean. Go on. <laughs> it's called, well, you can find it on boatparty.biz. <laughs> that's a porn site. No, it's not. No, lemonparty.org is <laughs> oh, a porn yeah, yeah. site. <laughs> boatparty.biz is the name of the, the uh, Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival that Natasha and I will be performing on from July 25th to the 28th. Not just us. People like Greg Barrett, uh, Karen Kilgariff. Uh, w. Kamal Bell, all kinds of exciting. Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane will be Musical there. Musical acts. Jean Grey will be there. It's going to be a Who's lot of Jean fun. Who's Jean Grey? She's a rapper, a rap oh, dress. Oh, cool. Yeah. This is kind of cool because you get a built-in vacation, right? Like your your downtime is like 20 hours a day. 100%. Yeah. Have you done shows on boats before? I'm afraid. I get seasick. I do too. I think I just have to like, hmm. They always say, just look at something in the distance that's not moving. I don't find that that really... And I don't know how you're going to do that on stage. Well, spending the night on a boat is what concerns me. Do you get claustrophobic? Well, I just don't know what the accommodations are going to well, be they're like. they're going to give you a, a sweet, sweet. I don't know. Usually, do they have those Usually they give yeah, the... Yeah, they sweets. Yeah, they give you sweet? Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Okay. <laughs> and if this boat's a-rockin', do come a-knockin'. <laughs> I guess I'm going to go. Uh, okay, thank you guys. let's yeah. take some calls. How many, day, how many days is this cruise? Is it a, like a it's a 45-day cruise? cruise. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, we're planning on getting dysentery, stuck in the you you know, rudderless, engine failure, uh, di- diarrheal diseases okay. spreading throughout okay. the... It's going to be a lot of fun. That's it's, a hard sell. It's yeah. July 25th through the 28th. Okay. And That's doable. we leave from somewhere in, in Florida, right? Well, I got some exciting news for the listeners of the Corolla podcast here. If you enter the promo code ADAM, you get $50 off of what? your tickets to this cruise. You can go on a cruise for $50 less than it would have cost already and get all this amazing comedy and music. And this is like kind of a cool, hip cruise, right? Like this Absolutely. isn't like a carnival cruise. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how it was pitched to me because at first when you asked me to go, I said, hell no. Right. I'm not going on some big-ass cruise. Small, right? right? It's on a carnival cruise. Like an, uh, oh, it's on it's, carnival it's like cruise. cruise. <laughs> yeah, it's an alt cruise. It's like it's like a boat, except it's like super antique, you know. Mm-hmm. And they only have artisan coffee. There's no alcohol available, but wow. so there's single cup. That's not true. Shade grown. I mean, it's really impressive coffee selection on this boat. It's gonna be great. Sold. They're, 
There will be shuffleboard, but it's ironic shuffleboard. <laughs> it's like Madeline shuffleboard. Yeah, it'll be fun. No, it'll be good. Everybody should come. 50 bucks off. Promo What's code the promo Adam. code? It was the promo Adam. code again? Nice. You know Adam. Oh, yeah. Remember your host, your former host. Do you guys miss him? Is this like a grind for you, having two people who, you, who you're not usually working with, or is it just a holiday? It's hard to answer that, given that we wanted to keep our jobs. I will say that when Adam is here, it's great because it's like, oh, it's Adam again. But then when he's not here, it's also great because I get to we get to meet new people and it's just like a different vibe. So all around, it is great. That's a great answer. I'm Thank glad you. that you answered in that way. Now, let me ask you, on a talent level, would you say we are above or below your boss, Adam Carolla? <laughs> What is this? What is the scale? Like from what to Just what? Just above or below? Yeah, above or below. Simple rankings. Yeah, and it's like greater than, less than sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, like warmer, colder. Right. Better or worse? Better. Yeah, I feel like you guys are just neck and neck and right the same. All right, that's a very, bald, Brian. Uh, my mic's not working. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but but before. This started. Um, Natasha, you had some questions for Brian about what the title of his book meant. Oh, yes. Shrinkage. Fine. I'll talk about the book. You wanted to know if it referred to his balls. Well, I just assume since everything's like very manly here. Oh, yeah. That that's probably what it had to do with. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, the subtitle of the book is. You know what? Thank you very much, Brian. So we're going to move on to some of the news topics of the day. No, the subtitle of the book is Shrinkage. It's Shrinkage. Manhood, marriage, and the tumor that tried to kill me. I don't know if you know, I was diagnosed with cancer five years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. It's really funny now you're joking about my balls. I'm sorry. Oh. Was it was testicular? It no, it was a brain cancer, brain tumor, inoperable, so I still have it. But I was given initially six months to a year to live by the first doctor, and here we are five years later, so it's, things are looking pretty good. Wow. Brian. But I wrote a book about it. Brian, we're over here trying to crack jokes, have a good time, talk about a cruise. Yeah. Brain cancer? Oh, yeah, sorry. Do their little cruise thing. Do Why the, do do you have cruise to bring up brain July. cancer? We can all laugh my Look, tumor. Look, dude, you can have brain cancer, <laughs> but your keep it time. to yourself, man. Sorry, right. dude. I don't mean to foist my issues upon you and rub your face in Wait, it. Wait, but you're five years out. That means, isn't that mean that you're like... Five years is a big, big deal. That's a big, a deal. big deal. I just celebrated my five-year anniversary of my diagnosis a couple of weeks ago, and it that's, was a big, big deal. That's crazy. Congratulations. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. What that. does it mean? What is it, the five years, or what does it all yeah. mean? When is it all over? <laughs> oh shit! If I knew that, hopefully fifty years from now. I mean, the best case scenario. Well, not your death. I mean, when does when does the cancer like? Clear? When do they say bald Brian is all good? Now? They will probably. Free. They will. Honestly, I don't want to bring it down, but I'm gonna. They'll probably never say that. Those words are probably never said to me because I have an inoperable brain tumor. It's on my brain stem, and it cannot be operated on. And they shrunk it. Hence the title of the book, um, through chemotherapy and radiation and some other drugs. Uh, and best case scenario, and this is what I'm planning on, is I live with this thing shrunken and shriveled in my brain for another 50 years, and I die of some other natural cause, like uh, falling off a cruise ship at your at your show or, or something. Or like that. Orga- orgasming to death on on a cruise ship at your show. Wouldn't that, that would be, be a good way to go. Yeah, it would be a great way to go. Brian, can I ask you a question? Okay. So, did your perspective of life change? What if he was like, no? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, no, really. Never I mind. mean, did, did it, did it? Or you just, well, I mean. Keep in mind, at the time, I was 30 years old. I was two so months, young. I was two months out away from a wedding. My, my fiance and I were engaged. And um, she's Christy, my fiance and now wife. Uh, spoiler alert. She's the star of the book. She's the, the, she's the hero and comes off looking the best. And 
I could not have done it without her. And so it just brought your relationship closer yeah, more than anything. You know what? It did actually open my eyes to was appreciating the little things more. Like, like when she cleaned up your poo? That really helped a lot, yeah. Uh-huh. No, that well, you know, they say, the old saying is there's no sex like brain tumor sex. Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> well, that makes so much you sense in that? retrospect. That's the thing. Confu- 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 Confucius. <laughs> Confucius. Confucius. Confucius say. Confucius say. Okay. No, it's, it's, you know, if you spend so much time worrying about the big things, like, am I going to die of a brain tumor or I have cancer or is my wife going to be a young widow? It's nice when you put a little distance between, like, you're starting to feel better and you're like, oh, the mailman didn't take my letter like he was supposed to, or right. the fucking gardeners, you know, were too loud or too early or whatever it is. It's nice to worry about a little thing and not worry about these humongous monumental And things. so you had, you develop more compassion for, like, the people, like, you know, you wouldn't get as mad at things yeah. because you're like, I'm just happy to be here. That, that, and I learned to sort of, appreciate, embrace what other people get annoyed by. You know what I mean? Like, mm. a little, oh, this mic isn't working right. It's like, oh, fuck it, I have brain cancer. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, I can use a mic. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a, not as severe an experience, but definitely I, I had a, a, a mind-expanding experience because of sickness. I had a career blip, negative, negative blip. I have some career stuff going on beyond oh, the, my degree beyond your, from, uh, in, from beyond Santa Barbara. Beyond your father being Hasidic? <laughs> <laughs> There's more? But I had this bad day, career bad day, where I was moping around feeling sorry for myself, and I was on Tour, I tour with Aziz Ansari sometimes, and we went Fucking to name dropper. Uh, we, well, thanks, thank you very much. Yeah, he is a name <laughs> dropper. That's why it brings me. And uh, we went to uh, to this children's hospital that Ryan Seacrest uh, has something some tangential involvement sure. with. He does some uh, radio shows for the closed circuit for the kids, and watching these kids like. It's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Watch these kids. You go, oh, this girl is having such a great time laughing, and she might not gr- literally might not grow up. It, yeah. it puts every single aspect of your p- pathetic really career does. woes in immediate repose. You're just like, oh, none of this matters. Oh, you're 100% right. Right, like you're at a restaurant and you're like, oh, they're out of the East Coast East Coast oysters. That's so <laughs> annoying. No, honestly, uh, that's like a big deal. They called and said that they would have yeah. them. Pass the chemo. Like, when, when you get mad about stupid stuff like that, it's you realize like how great your life is. You I, I have a question then, Tasha. I heard you um, on Duncan Trussell's podcast talking about, I think you had just been in Ohio and you were kind of looking hating having been there and then you had an experience like this that sort of turned you around and realized that you should be more appreciative but as much as you have these experiences that make you realize that that give you perspective and make you regret you know getting into your little like oh what was me thing does that actually prevent you from having a bad career day again oh that's natasha I mean, no. <laughs> no, I think no. That makes yeah. me feel better because that's know, the pattern I find myself but in. But that's too. the nature of the human animal. The human animal is by its nature self-obsessed and and cannot stop thinking about himself. And it takes something like going to a children's hospital or getting sick to go to be popped out of your own ass and go, oh, look at all this other stuff that's going on. None of this is important. Or you know. We're, that's and that's the the space that God can't see. You're tuned into Godcast. <laughs> Here on. Have we lost all the? What does he call his his fans? Corollatards. He does not call them that. <laughs> he just calls them listeners. But actually, actually, I could link people this. People who put the wind in the pirate ship sails. Yeah. I could link this into our our uh, to the Corolla 
listeners mm-hmm. or anybody that anybody thinks is a way is one way or is another way socially that's it's a similar experience that you have if you have any kind of snobbery about social things and then when you start to, when you see someone somebody getting sick or you go to one of the, you, then you go oh and also every other human being is a human having a human experience mm-hmm. attempting to they're all filled with compassion and love and heartbreak and sickness and de- and, and so capable of cruelty and yeah. you know Absolutely. all the bad things as well yeah so even an arcade fire fan to me is capable of being a douche. Ooh, it's, it's, a, it's, a it's a deep it's a stretch. Deep stuff. Yeah. See, I think of myself as a nice, like an uh, extremely nice person. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> I think my whole life I've defined myself as like, oh, I'm so nice or compassionate. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> but I was thinking that probably. <laughs> okay, Brian. I know. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I was thinking that probably everyone who gets married thinks that the person they're, and it doesn't have to be just marriage, but thinks the person they're marrying is like, oh my God, I found like such a nice person. Is everyone nice? I think about that all the time. Like there are straight up child abusers and murderers and serial killers in our midst. Who are these people? I don't have anybody in my life that I can point to and go like, uh, Bald Brian definitely has a couple of bodies in his basement. But you might! I might. You, you might write this book about your heroic journey from brain cancer Note and yet self, still... remove bodies from causes. <laughs> I it's... think most people with some positive influences can achieve that. And when you look at these people, like I was just showing Moshe this guy who was like being... Do you see the guy in the paper who was like... A for murder and he had like murder tattooed on his neck <laughs> he, wants it, he wants it gone and, well he wants a turtleneck <laughs> he, to wear a turtle well, he, yeah, he, he tried to get it yeah you're right though he tried to get it removed yeah. they wouldn't let him but then they said he could wear a turtleneck in court but I think some of these people they've just had such depravity their whole lives that they've just committed to being bad because at least it's something they mm-hmm. can hook into. So they're like, I'm just going to be bad. I'm a but bad. That's, but that's not the majority of people. That's like definitely, you know, the th- that is not. I mean, I don't know anyone like that. Well, actually, that's the thing about people. They are capable, like we were saying, they are capable of incredible acts of love and unselfishness and incredible acts of cruelty. And worst of all, they are capable of tattooing the word murder on their necks <laughs> upside down. Upside down. That is a thing that a person has done. And then went to court and tried to defend themselves saying that they did not murder someone. Right? It's literally written all over your face. It's a bit of a tell. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think most people think about trying to be a good person? Like, is that a concern that most people have? I think it probably is. I think it's like that idea that the scales are taken off your eyes. Like, in the, I think it's like from the Bible or something. Like, it's either like you are able to see that, oh, that is something out there, or you're just blinded. And like I was, like, until I was like 18, I was just an asshole. I never had an introspective thought. Yeah, you were a bully, right? I wasn't a bully. I just didn't, I didn't know anything. So it's like until you are able to see what your actions can do to people, you right. don't, you don't it, really have that developed compassion. And until you were, you became orgasmic a month and a half ago. <laughs> Sexually, she was very closed off. And I took her to a different kind of place. When the scales fell away from her vagina. That's right. And there were literally scales there. That was very difficult scales. for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, like the scales of justice? Or like, yeah, there was like, a whole statue in there. A blind, blind, a blind woman <laughs> weighing. It was very weird. And weirdly enough, on either end of the scale was my penis. And it was the exact replica of my was penis. Was one heavier than the other, or were they the same weight? Oh, no, it was exactly equal. Okay. It was the same penis. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what happened at 18 that, that made you change? Or maybe I was like 23 or something. I think, <laughs> Which is it, Natasha? I think I might have been 23. I was a very late bloomer. I think I read a book called The Road Less Traveled. And I was like, oh, you, your actions can hurt people. And you, you, you have to think about what you do. Like, I didn't know. So, I don't know. 
this, I'm sure this isn't that interesting. No, I, no, I read a I book it that it changed my whole perspective on the world. Shrinkage? It's called Shrinkage. Yeah, you did. Yes, yes. God damn yes. it. I don't play around. I, no, this is not my first uh, rodeo. Podcasting rodeo. I love this guy. Allison, hey, you have a genuine interest in, in, in compassion and... and um, Human kindness. Are you, are you able to, to swing the podcast in that direction usually? Or are you no. taking this good advantage? Uh, <laughs> I can swing my own podcast, Allison Rosen's your new best friend, in that direction. Oh, speaking of our own podcast, Moshe, you have your own podcast? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do a podcast called The Champs with Neil Brennan, uh, the co-creator of The Chappelle Show. And each week we interview a different black celebrity. So if you're a white person and uh, I'm if guessing you're you are, the show. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd like to know what black people are like, please tune into the podcast. If you are a black person and you'd like to hear what white people are like when we timidly interview black people, please tune in. And if you are a non-white, non-black person, well, you're not welcome to listen to our <laughs> podcast. I'm so sorry. That's not my rule. That's a Steve Jobs iTunes-based okay. rule. And okay. you, do you only interview black people? We've cheated a couple times. We have cheated. We've had, um, you know, Jose Canseco came on once. Uh, Bobby Lee came on once. Sasha Gray was on. Uh, we thought maybe she would be an honorary. She could be honorary. Uh, <laughs> and, but mostly it's, uh, it's, uh, it's black black people. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Allison, your podcast is like, what do you what do? You it's doing lo- a long-form interview podcast. And okay. so we just talk. So you about, can get into the real issues. Yes, we try. We try, and I say we, uh, in a pretentious royal we way. I try. I try to just get it, like you know, what people are really thinking about and uh, emotionally, what's going on with them. And Brian and his wife were just on recently. Yeah, it was a good episode. I had a lot of fun. Your wife sounds a like of, a real saint. She's incredible. You just call his wife a slut. <laughs> That's terrible. Back to the black person podcast for a second. Uh, yeah. Is this born out of some expertise on your end or some curiosity? Or? Yeah, I think it's born out of some kind of weird expertise. You know, our worry was, of course, that it would be, sound creepy, fetishy, and racist. But really, you know, Neil Brennan's worked in black TV, obviously, a lot. He's an and, icon of black TV. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. I and, I, and I grew up uh, very much a hip-hop aficionado and, uh, and in Oakland. And basically, I was an African-American oh. teenager until I read The Road Less Traveled. <laughs> Uh, the more, or rather, the road more traveled. Uh, but uh, so I think that was the, the impetus to it. But the other thing was that we really felt like podcasts really. Uh, actually, I would say this one doesn't isn't it isn't true for the Corolla Show. But a lot of these comedy podcasts, it'll literally be the same dozen mm-hmm. white comedians rotating from podcast to podcast. And we I'd thought, oh, that. if we got all people of color, and now it's kind of expanded to be you know just people of color in general. We've had we've had some great guests, Chris Rock, Aziz Ansari, Russell your, Peters. Your podcast was just Rolling Stone's top top t- top twenty comedy, comedy podcast. podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, we've had some really great guests on, and uh, and I think that what has happened is it's been these really frank discussions about race. And I don't know if maybe another podcast could have done it, but we were the first ones to get most of these people. Ninety percent of our guests, it's their first podcast appearance ever. Can I ask a follow up question because I no. I've been looking. For for a black person to ask, you're the closest I can find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our, our dicks really are bigger. Yeah, this, is, ser- this, this here. is a serious question. No, no, no. You said, said a black, black person. Three times, fool. She was on our podcast too. She's great. She's so fun. Yeah, yeah. she's all right. Um, was honest question. Yeah. Was Will Smith a good rapper? That's a very, very good question. I don't, I don't know the answer. Uh, that's a complicated question. And up with Je- what's up with Jazzy Jeff? Well, I can tell you about Jazzy Jeff. As a, as a person beyond being thrown out of uh, Uncle Phil's house, as a comedic actor, he, he, he lacks a little bit of chops. 
Wait, do you uh, think that only black people, sorry, can assess good rap? No, but that's why I'm asking. But he's you're not more, black. But you're more know, asking, did he have street cred as a good rapper? Yeah. yeah. And, and was, was he respected he, what, was as he, a rapper? Yes, exactly. Is he a quality rapper? Is he, is he, as far is he as I understand, good? as far as I understand, because the first time I heard about him, because I'm from Oakland, so I wasn't, I was not really a big aficionado. Are you from Oakland? I'm from Oakland, yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't really all about like Philadelphia, East Coast kind of stuff. But it's what I have heard. Is that originally Will's the Fresh Prince was an incredibly well respected rapper, and then eventually became more of a family man kind of parents just don't understand kind of guy. I can say this, Doc, uh, D- I'm Doctor. I'm talking about Big Willie style now and getting jiggy. Well, with that, all that stuff. we're done. I mean, that's look, just pop L- music. LL Cool J it was is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Everybody would say that. I mean, he's not. He might not be the most technically skilled rapper of all time, but he's one of the original MCs ever. Uh, LL Cool J has been rapping since 1982, mm-hmm. I think. So, uh, and now you haven't heard a real hip hop song from LL in a long time. It's yeah, much more poppy years, and, yeah. and you know, and and uh, having to do with uh, crime scenes. Okay. But uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, I can say, is one of the best hip hop DJs I have ever seen live, really? and I've seen a lot. And he is so a Will Smith was DJ. good with him too. Yeah, and before he they broke, I think that the streets said that the Fresh Prince was a good MC, and then he became really... I think he decided, you know what, I'm going to go... an entertainer. I'm going to go global, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go global. Thank you for answering that mystery that I literally have been wondering about for years. i got to say, I, I feel like I... Give a really comprehensive answer. You 100 percent did. Yeah, Do you have any other questions? Yeah, any other questions? Should we? Should we? What's the podcast called? Yeah, you got any other questions for a brother? What's the podcast called again? It's called the Champs. The okay. Champs podcast. We're checking that out. Wait, yeah, should we? Should we take some? We've had Big Daddy Kane on. on. Okay. We've had. You've had Big Daddy Kane on. Yeah, we've had Big Daddy Kane. We've had a bunch of a bunch of rappers. MC Too Search. Short. Too Short. Freddie Gibbs. Oakland's own Too Quest Short. Love. Moshe. Growing up in Oakland, did you go to Skyline High School or are you? Did you? No, I went to Tech. I went to Oakland okay. Tech. Do you know uh, it? I don't. Skyline was uh, Skyline was where white boys went. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good thing you didn't go there. Yeah. Now I think maybe it's it's flipped, but Tech was a was a dangerous place, but a place where a white guy could survive. Then there's like high schools. Just forget it. Forget about it. <laughs> that's, they say that's in kind Oakland. of my question. Being a, I grew up in Concord, which uh-huh. is pretty sure, close. Sure, I know. There. Yeah. I, I don't think I could have been a white kid at a black high school. Yeah, right. Well, Congress. Moshe also wrote a book about his uh, his situation, which was that he I was, do have a book. He oh, what's was that called? A drug addict by the time he was sixteen. It's called and- Casher in the Rye. The subtitle is "The True Tale of a White Boy from Oakland Who Became a Drug Addict, Criminal, Mental Patient, and Then Turned 16. So that'll give you. A- that sounds <laughs> exciting. It's, it was fun. <laughs> That's a journey. Yeah. Wait, give us give us the little version of what happened. Yeah, seriously. Uh, well, I, I, well, I started off uh, here, no. with just uh, both parents who were deaf <laughs> and are Hasidic. I got us. Uh, what happened? Well, by the time I was, uh, you know, yeah, I think that's it. I was in Oakland Public Schools. I kind of got lost in Oakland Public Schools. Both of my parents were deaf, and I got sent to special ed very young because uh, I had like behavioral issues, like mm-hmm. severe behavioral issues, like what, like uh, you know, uh, tantrum hitting, steely kind of, you know, kind of crazy kid, kid, angry kid kind of stuff. Acting out. Yeah, and if I had been black, I might have been lost in the correctional uh, uh, system. Because and be- it was dark. And because, <laughs> and because of <laughs> because of privilege or whatever, I think what I got lost in was the special education. It's it, but it, it's pretty much at that age the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where High get, and the low of the same thing. Yeah, you get lost in the system, and so by the time I was fifteen, 
then I found the, the the fuck ups at the back of the school, you know, the kids that I could find, I could relate to. So by the time I was then I fell out with them and we got into a bunch of trouble. By the time I was 15, I'd been in and out of rehab a bunch of times, been to a mental hospital, been arrested a billion times and get, gotten beat up. And what drugs? Beat, beat what drugs were you addicted to? You know, kid drugs, you know, malt liquor. <laughs> Flintstones Any, vitamins? Anything that, yeah, that's right. Anything that you wrapped, if a gangster rapper rapped gin. about it, I drank it. Gin and <laughs> juice. Scissor. <laughs> Boone's Farm. Uh, Scissor was, was past my Marijuana. time. Marijuana. Uh, Mad Dog 2020. Mad Dog 2020. Psychedelics. Psychedelics? They don't rap about that, but I definitely did did do a lot of psychedelics. <laughs> so. Do you ever rap about Mickey's big mouth? I don't know. That's why again, that's white boy. That's oh, white yeah. boy stuff yeah. right there. I, I drank Saint Ives. That's the patron saint <laughs> of cirrhosis. Yeah, do you <laughs> know about that? <laughs> ice Ice Cube used to rap about making your Jimmy thicker. Oh, is Saint that? Ives. Hey, right. man. Natasha, thank you. you better pray to St. Hyde's every day. Because my Jimmy be thick, though. It's thick. It do be thick, though. We have confirmation. It's thick. <laughs> How did you end up in a mental hospital? Or why? Um, Break it down, Allison. Well, sorry, I, tell us I mean, more it was about like a thick penis no, 25 oh, oh, years ago. Sorry, brain cancer. Um, I. Um, that didn't go. I thought that'd be a big ju- laugh. Or There's someone laughed out there. Oh, come on. No, dude, I can feel the listeners hating me at this moment. No, uh, that's I, just Brian. I got, locked, I got locked in a mental hospital because I was getting increasingly out of control, and I was in therapy at that point. At that point, I was in therapy eight times a week. I had individual therapy. That's more day, times than yeah. there are days. Individual therapy, <laughs> family therapy, group therapy, and then five nights a week, I was in this outpatient rehab. And I'd be I, drunk, too. I mean, it was not fun. Not fun. But then I went to family therapy one day, and there was a cop in the room, and I was a little bit concerned. And he leaned in all, all donut-breathed. <laughs> you smell the sprinkles I, on For real, breath. though, I could smell like coffee, like cop coffee. Just like, yeah. And he was like, we're going to take you. Uh, you're not going to go be going home today. And I remember, uh. I remember I wasn't wearing socks that day because I was like, I need to run. But I didn't have socks on I was or any money. And I was like, what am I going to do without socks? Sounds like a nightmare. I like that your first instinct was like, I got to run. Well, that like, was Like, weren't you thing. afraid a cop would be able to catch you? He was very large. <laughs> Donut eating A lot of donuts. But I thought, oh, I'll run and I'll live on the streets. And then I was like, I mean, maybe I was just a coward and afraid to run. But I remember my thought was, I'm not wearing socks. I'm not going to make it. Because <laughs> your shoes would slip off? Or? No, I'd be cold or something um, like that. I don't know. But but what had you done that made it so that the cop was there? I think at that point, it was probably because of violence in the house, you know, like hitting my mom or my grandma. My grandma, I was real down to, to throw down with because, like, my mom had some – she was thick, too, but my grandma was a little bit frailer, so I felt like – You hit your pep- grandma? I could pepper her up. No, I mean, I would like <laughs> – You work the body. You chopped yeah, down that tree. Honestly, grandparents cannot deal with body shots. Like, their livers <laughs> – Their livers are very weak. <laughs> <laughs> well, kids, if you learned one thing today, I'm not proud of any of this. Um, but I was just a bad kid. Wait, you beat kid. up your grandma? I didn't I like, know that. I like wrestled with her. How, how about that? I remember I have a very visceral memory of my grandma, me trying to get $20 from my grandma to go get high, and her holding it above her head and us ra- like wrestling on the ground. Uh, you know, And I was like trying to get to the money. and It was pretty sick and horrible, but I will say this. By the time I got sober and graduated from college, my grandma, on her deathbed, took my hand and she said, you're the most trustworthy member of this family. 
Wow. It's not a joke. It's true. Was she complimenting you or putting down everyone else? Uh, I don't know. She was addled with dementia at that point. So, no, I'm just kidding. She she really did. That was a really special special. Uh, it is thing. special, but it's also very divisive to say that to someone uh, that's on your very deathbed. That's true. Because yeah. <laughs> you're clearly going to repeat that and she, it's going to hurt someone's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but I like She's it. like, you're the most trustworthy member of this family, and I want you to tell every other member what I said. <laughs> that this should del- be a movie, Moshe. Uh, or a TV show. That's Does this delinquent idea. behavior as a child manifest itself anyway as an adult now? Because you seem very together. I am pretty Aside together. Aside from the hair, you seem pretty together. Yeah, he does have hair a dog. Good. He does have a dog that mimics his behavior as a child. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty much a different person now. I would I, say. I've gone through a, a pretty major transformation, uh, per- personality transformation. But it took a lot. It took a lot, for sure. It was, it's, it was a long process. If you'd run into me at like age 17, you'd have been like, whoa, this guy's got some severe issues and then at 18 you'd be like this guy's a little bit better and you know now i'm 34 so and you're like i've run into this guy before yeah just keep running into the same guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Why are running into this guy so often um so i'm excited about our next guest we have a very exciting guest in the studio today i'm actually personally very excited because i'm a i'm a, I'm a huge fan we were just i was just fanboying out while the uh while we were on break but Moshe I, well, I'll, I'll get control of myself fighting I'm a huge fight fan. It's the is the, the the champ, you know the the champ. This guy's a UFC champ coming out of retirement to fight in Bellator. Very exciting stuff. It's the one and only Tito Ortiz in the building. All right. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Wait, that, you're that, coming. That's, that's former champ. Well, you're always say, champ. Yeah, I guess you're right. Isn't that yeah, right? You no, know, it's correct. No, because every time I see people, my fans and so forth, they're, hey, what's up, champ? So I guess you're right. No, yeah, no. no I, that's, I, cool. I, that's one of the greatest things about being a fight champion mm-hmm. is when you're a basketball champ and then you lose the next year, no one's calling you the champ yeah, for the, the rest good. of your career. But you're a champ forever. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Tyson's a friend of mine. I always tell see Tyson, hey, what's up, champ? I mean, I've met Ollie a couple times. What's up, champ? So you I have to the say. same thing. Yeah, it's like if you won an Oscar or something, you're always you're always the Oscar. Award wow, winning. That's that's some pretty big task to be you won compared the, to. You won the Oscar <laughs> of cage fighting. That's right. <laughs> you know what? You're pretty right because there's there's a, a little bit of acting and uh, some fighting stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Go ahead and uh, give your speech now. Yeah, right. um, so you're. Co- I mean, this is very exciting. I didn't. I actually didn't know that you were coming out of retirement until I got here today. This is very exciting stuff for really? me. I'm excited wow. to see you fight. Fighting in Bellator MMA against uh, Alexander Shlomenko. Correct. You what already you, beat over. I mean, who wants to who wants to root for Shlomenko? <laughs> yeah, right. Nah, he's a tough Russian man. He's uh, a record of uh, was it fifty and seven? Are you friends with him? Um, no. I sponsored the kid actually. Wait, uh, the kid? So he's younger than you? Well, yeah. I'm an old. No, I'm not old. I'm an eld, elder man. No, I'm, yeah, yeah. You're he's an thirty years old. Uh, you know, I'm I'm at the tail end of my career. You know, I have about four more fights to get the world title again. Well, let me I'm just healthy though. That just I think that's the you biggest look thing. Good. Is, yeah, I was just going to say for a dude that's been in some uh, some absolute horrifying wars, things that would <laughs> one of the hits would make me run away scared. You look great. Thank you. How'd you no, do it? I take care of myself. I, I really don't party at all. Um, you know, I really just stick to the diet and vitamins and you know. What's I the diet a, like? Like, um, what are you not allowed? What are you not no allowed? No greasy yourself? food. Ever. No, no. Um, maybe on a Sunday. Sunday's a cheat day. I could have pizza. That's good. And every once in a while, I'll take a bite of my kids' pizza here and there. Once in a while, um, just no, no, no fat alcohol. Foods. No, um, you know, after a fight's over, you know, I'll enjoy, you know, a glass of wine here and there. 
Um, I love that actually, idea. Actually, since the fifth of this year, I've been <laughs> sober. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just love the idea of them like, well, the fight's over. Let's go for a nice glass <laughs> of rosé. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older man. I'm not yeah, a kid yeah. anymore. You know, sure. don't get me wrong. When I was young, when I was a champ, you know, in my 20, 23, 24, 25, you know, I, I raged. I partied. I did my thing. When I was younger, I did too. But now it's totally different. You know, I'm, I'm a single father who has uh, twin boys. Um, I take care of every single day of my life. Uh, they are my life. You take care of the kids. Yes. Wow. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do have a nanny comes in, you know, a couple hours a day. Who needs a wife when you got a nanny? Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> it did so much better. Huh? What happened? Tell us all about it, Tito. No, I <laughs> just come on, Tito. How, how much time you guys got? <laughs> no, if you want to no. bring this up, we've got a yeah, lot of oh, time. Yeah, no. I, we can no. reschedule things this afternoon. <laughs> no, let me tell you, I've been through the grinder like no other, and I'm standing here um, happy. That's pretty life, cool that you raised. I, I don't think I've met anyone who's who's uh, who's raising their kids on their own. Yeah, I could, I could probably say a lot of things to you. you haven't met anybody that I've done. <laughs> Come on, I've done a lot of things in my life. Yeah, I, tell us more, too. I've, I've I've lived through hell. I think. Um, you know, you know. I think it's just a challenge from God. I think God has just challenged my um, character. He's challenged uh, what type of person I truly am, and I've been able to succeed and. Um, push through these things in my life and uh, to show people that you're capable of doing it as long as you set your mind to it and just keep achieving and achieving. You know, I've had a two-level fusion of my lower back. I've had a disc replaced in my neck. I've had a disc fusion of my neck. Um, I've had two ACL replacements on each leg. Are those all injuries from fighting? All injuries from fighting. Um, I've only had one serious concussion. That's it. Um, Who was that from? uh, It was actually prior to the fight when I fought Forrest Griffin for the first time. I went head-to-head with my partner. Um, I had no headgear and... I cracked my, oh. oh! I cracked my orbital bone in my face. What do your kids think of this now? Uh, well, my oldest son Jacob, um, who's with my ex-wife Kristen, who's an amazing mother, me and her are best of friends in the world. Um, Not like this other wife. Um, no, I, I, was, no I, was, I, was, I was never married. Let me correct correct you there. I was never married. Not to like my the ex. twins' mom. Yeah, I was. I was never never married. Um, but you know, my my ex-wife uh, Kristen, uh, who's an amazing mother. Um, my son Jacob. He always says, you know, Dad, I want to be a fighter. Okay, son, what's our agreement? He goes, okay, okay, I know, I know. I got to get my master's degree first. You're going to make him get a master's oh, degree? Oh, come on. That's a very wise way of making sure he never fights. He's like, well, no. I'm 30, I'm ready to fight. He's like, well, it looks like it's a little too late. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. moving on. See, you're steps ahead. He, doesn't, he still doesn't understand that. Now he's already said. He said he's going to Stanford. He, I mean, he's only 11 years old. But he, he wants to be a fighter. He wants to be a fighter. He wrestles already. He's, oh. uh, he's um, 11 years old. He'll be 12 on the 1st of June. Okay, quick question. Yes. Do any fighters that you know have master's degrees? Um, no. <laughs> no one? No. Doesn't, they, 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 I mean, we, we, we all have uh, BAs. I mean, right. bachelors, I mean, that's fine, but... I do think it's like, it would be very hard to go to, after like spending years and years studying and reading to be like, I want to knock someone's skull and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally like thinking ahead of himself so he doesn't really understand what's going on yet, but... <laughs> That's the idea. But now it's like he's already taken a step further. Is he's like, I know what I'm getting my, get my uh, master's degrees in. I go, what? He goes, I'm going to get it in marketing and business. He goes, that way so I could run your companies when you're done. Dad. Oh, that like, sounds good. Aww. You gave birth to a Jew. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm a Jew, just to clarify, Tito. Don't get uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm Mexican. Come on. No, we're right, about yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Just a different color. Oh, I, I like the sound of that. Uh, now, listen. Who do you think God wants to win this fight on May 17th? Who's God rooting for? The Russian, the atheist, heathen Russian, or a good Mexican-American man? Who's raising his own children. (laughs) God, Um, if you're listening. um, The best man will win. Do you think, do you ever thank God, do you thank God after a fight? Um, 
While you're swilling your Chardonnay. Well, no, I, no, no, no. I'm just curious. I, like, no, you know, okay, there's a big difference. Um, you know, I believe there's a God, but I'm not really a person to go to church or so forth. Um, sure. I believe everything is what we do is what we do, mm-hmm. not because of him. Right. What we do is what we do. I mean, I, I'm putting in the hard work because I want to do it. I'm putting in the gym time because I want to do it. God's not making me help me raise me out of bed to go do it. No. I'm the person who's doing it. When the decision comes down for the decision, I'm making the decision. God's not making the decision for me. I like that. so disciplined. It's, it comes from wrestling. I wrestled in high school, wrestled in college, and discipline is the most important thing of any athlete, any business, any work, any step and bound you do in life in general is having you know the hard work to push yourself forward each and every day. I mean, each day I thrive to be better. I mean, if I didn't do good yesterday, I'm going to do better today. You know? Why did you come out of retirement? Um... Because all the craziness was out of my life, <laughs> uh-huh. I was able to see straight now. You know, like I'm, I'm out of the murky water. You know, it kind of did a correlation of uh, getting a fishbowl and fishbowl not being clean for about a year or two. And Are you that, talking about the custody battle with well, your ex? Yeah, that just, he calls her fishbowl. No, no, <laughs> the relationship was a fishbowl. And just taking that little goldfish out of the fishbowl and put him in a clean glass and telling him to go back in that glass or go back in the fishbowl if he wants to. And it's like, no, no, thank you. I'll never put my life in that situation again. Sounds my, like you have good therapists. Um, I did, you know, a lot of it comes to myself, man. I, a lot of trial and error just come from myself with just really sitting down and batching down the hatches and just thinking of going, why am I doing this? How am I going to better myself tomorrow? What am I going to do to make it easier for me and my family tomorrow? And for me, it's just snipped little, little I lo- strings. I love the idea of like, finally, I'm out of this abusive relationship situation. I've got, <laughs> my, I've got my shit together. You know what I need to do is go get my face knocked no. down by a 30-year-old <laughs> Russian. Okay, no, 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 that's, that's you speaking. That's not me speaking. See, what I'm speaking is I'm going to crush his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you're saying that I look good for my age. You do right. My not from getting get my hit, face right? crushed in. I'm usually the dominant one. I'm usually the one on top. I'm that's the one entertaining and showing the fans why they want to fight me. I mean... Millions and millions of pay-per-view buyers prior to my fights can't complain. No, I think for this no pay-per-view doubt. on you May seventeenth, I'm really going to you know Tito, enjoy it once you, again. Do you have like a ritual, like you know, as as it ramps up, you know, like May tenth, like seven days till fighting? Like, do you start like getting things more intense? Do you start like denying yourself certain things? Do you get up earlier? Do you pray? Like, what is there um, anything you could share? Like, how you none really... of those above. Um, I just every day is a normal day for me. You know, I wake up at six thirty in the morning, get my kids ready for school. Uh, Cook them breakfast, uh, drop them off. Um, so you're making Mickey them. Mouse pancakes. You're like, this is just <laughs> whatever. Uh, well, I got twin boys. Jesse, he likes pancakes and bacon. Journey, he likes eggs and sausage. That's what I make them every morning. Every once in a while, we'll switch it up and do back and forth, waffles and so forth. But I'm a cook. I, I, I actually I took uh, culinary arts when I was in high school for four years. Oh, I took wow. three years in college. Um, you're a my, real my grandma, renaissance man. Well, my grandma told me when I was young, he's like, she's like, Tito, make sure you learn how to cook. Because you never know where you're going to be alone. Huh. 39 years later, look at me now. <laughs> She's like, you never know I when the fishbowl. I can cook everything. No, I could literally, I could cook everything but French food. I cannot cook French food. I've tried so hard and I just, it's too bland. Have you listened to Julia Child? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's so cute. Where did you go to high school that they offered culinary arts? At Huntington High. Huntington High in, in uh, Huntington Beach, California. I yeah. went just a few high schools over and they did not have any of that. I yeah, I took cool. bowling all the, in high all school. All the hot chicks were in there, and all of a sudden you're learning sure. how to cook, and you're like, why is there a guy in this culinary arts class? And I was like, no. Why not? Know, why isn't he wearing pants? Yeah, right? <laughs> is that the dude from wrestling team? What is he wait doing? A <laughs> he must be cutting weight. Do you oh. feel, do you feel at, at this stage in your career and in your life, do you feel any more trepidation than you did when you were a younger man, or do you feel like it's just another fight? Um, it f- feels like it's another fight. You know, I, um, someone, I don't really have anything to prove. Um, I know what I want to do. My last four weeks have been 
the game plan I've been wanting to do for the fight. And today was probably the best. Before I got here, it was the best training I've had the last four weeks. I'm on my timings on. So you train every day? I train six days a week. Six days a week. For how uh, long? Probably do about four hours a day. Damn! Wow. MMA training is not fun. No, it's not fun. It's horrifying. Four hours a day? We're doing 10-minute rounds. Oh, God. And they're, they're... Pretty, Are you getting brutal. hurt in the training? No, that's, that's one of the good things. i got some really good training partners right now. One of my friends is uh, DT and another friend, uh, actually, um, Brennan Ward, who fights in Bellator also. Um, and then, of course, Paul Herrera, who's my wrestling coach back when I was in high school. He's been a friend of mine for so long. It's just like through my careers, it's like I've kind of, you know, tasted this person. I mean, been with this trainer, this trainer, this trainer, and it's finally, you know, that's all that came around full circle. I'm back with him now. Um, Rafael Cordera, Cordera from uh, Kings MMA in Huntington Beach. I'm training with him also. Um, we're just doing the right things at the right time and just pushing my heart rate as hard as possible. I'm, I'm getting up to like 185 beats per minute down to 115 in a minute. I mean, I, my recovery time is like no other. I mean, anybody, who, anybody oh, who's a You're talking about between rounds in between kind of rounds. thing? Oh, that's, that's interesting. What, I mean, for someone of my age, I mean, my heart rate resting is like maybe 36. 37 beats per minute. <laughs> Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I run all the time, too. So, I mean, the injuries that I've gone through and I'm able to recover from, you know, I found an amazing doctor in Las Vegas, Dr. William Smith, who did my back surgery. Um, I had uh, L4-5 uh, fused, S1 fused, uh, two-level, and then I had C6, C7 fused, and I had disc replacement, uh, C3, C4. And thank, to him, thank God to his hands, um, I'm able to continue to compete. So, and I see so many other fighters that don't compete. You know, Walter Payton? walking down your bridge because I'm doing things you never thought you'd do. <laughs> so Tito Ortiz will be fighting Alexander Shlomenko on May 17th pay-per-view for Bellator 120. That's super exciting, man. What's the most, uh, in your memory, what's the hardest fight you've ever had? Wow. I've had so many. Um, hardest fight. I'd have to say against Randy Couture. Um, I was the world champion. Uh, he was, this is really, really funny right now. I was... 30 years old. He was 39 years old. <laughs> that was exactly the, the flip situation. Interesting. Wow. Funny how things do come in for a circle in our lives. <laughs> and I was the champ, and I thought I was going to crush him. Everybody says I was going to crush him, that he's an old man, and he has no, long, no business. And five rounds later, come to realize that he's been wrestling longer than <laughs> I've been alive. <laughs> and I lost the title. Um, and I think at that time... Maybe your ego got in the way a little. My ego, but I was training so. I mean, I was training. I was up in Big Bear for three months. My camp went perfect. I mean, I got injured towards the end a little bit, but I still, my mind is just so strong and I pushed through it. But you know what? I'll, I'll be a word. Yeah, it probably was my ego that got in front of me where I didn't think I was able to lose. And I probably should have pulled out when I did, but I don't want to let fans down. As well, so many fans know that. And, it's interesting. Like losing to a wrestler, I would imagine, tell, correct me if I'm wrong, I've never lost to a wrestler or a striker. But losing to a striker looks more embarrassing because you're getting a, striker? a person that's hitting you. Yeah, punch, you, you, punch, you, kick. You're uh. getting punched and kicked, so you're falling down, and it looks more embarrassing. But I imagine the feeling of being beat by a wrestler was like yeah. another man laying on top of you, <laughs> whispering in your ear, this isn't going your way. Like it must be a worse. No, it's it's like an iron blanket being laid on you, and you're trying to get out from underneath it. 
That's yeah. how I call it when she and I are together. Is right. I, I say I'm like bring you the iron blanket tonight. Yeah, no, morning. seriously. <laughs> yeah. Talk about submission. I mean, that's that's the that's the best way to do it. I mean, especially for a girl. Jesus, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah I'm going it. the wrong direction. <laughs> no, no, it's the right direction. Uh, I learned all my top control skills from you, and so yeah. that's what I use on Natasha. It's pretty exciting for us. Yeah. To so have now, you here. Natasha, now you got to take uh, jujitsu classes so you can get them in triangles, arm locks, <laughs> so triangles. chokes, yeah. Yeah, chokes, triangles, arm locks. You'll hear those words again if you ever do it. I mean, no, seriously. For even even women who are listening right now. The best self-defense in the world is jujitsu for a woman. You hear that, the, Allison? Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, because the best, I mean, position of any rape situation is the man trying to get between the legs, correct? So well, what do you do? Well, in jujitsu, that's the guard. And you could do arm locks. You could do chokes. You could do triangle chokes. You could submit a guy. So he's trying to, like, get inside you, your you, legs, and you're, like, taking no, you and, and then, then you could use your legs to wrap around his body and, oh, and wrap around his arms oh, and chokes. Right. But, I mean, if anybody, any listeners, if you guys have girls... Daughters, put them in jujitsu classes. That's smart. Jujitsu class is the best by far. Why are we learning that in school? No, seriously, because it's, it's at, true. A, at any rate, anybody who knows jujitsu is not going to rape somebody. One hundred percent, because it's a martial art, and they, everybody has respect and values towards each other. But someone who doesn't know will have that situation come about. They're going to get choked. They're going to get submitted because they don't know what's going on. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, I have like four girls that are in my class um, at Punishment Training Center in Huntington Beach that I coach at, and they all know jujitsu. I mean, they're amazing. They, they, I mean, they submit some of the boys in there. I mean, it's, it's just a competition, of course, but they're learning this, and it's self, uh, self-confidence. self I mean, it just builds their, their attitudes up like no other. I mean, we got kids that come in there, and they just have you know, no control of what they do, and all of a sudden they're in there, and they just have control, and it's just that base. And it's amazing to see the, the growth that a child has through martial arts. I mean, we're not teaching them how to fight. It ain't a situation thing like we're teaching how to punch and kick, no. Do you ever say there's no pain in this dojo? Um, and say Cobra Kai and strike them and no, say no. But I make them sit against the wall in a toilet stance. Like, all right, we all go into the bathroom. So they all sit down on against the wall and they and they see who quits first. Oh, that's a terrible feeling. Have uh, you ever done that? No. Like talk yeah, about quads. You oh, want some strong quads? Got to have some strong quads there. But the kids, they love it. They dig it. I mean, we got like thirty kids in there right now. We're doing uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling. We got three girls in there who are, are tough as heck. And you know, they one of them just won the tournament last week. We have a tournament every week. And the kids, you know, all you need kids who listen, of course, Surfside Wrestling and uh, Punishment Training Center. The kids work really, really hard. I put them through hell. I put them through. I mean, the parents go, wow, I can't believe I make my kid do that. But they do it because they don't have a boundary. They don't have a limit where they're like, okay, this is enough for me. No, they don't know what that is. So we're doing college stuff. All the college training that we do, I mean, one was twice a year we do kind of like a hell week. And uh, we do a four-mile run, four miles on the beach. And they're doing crab crab crawls, uh, mon- I- our uh, Bear crawls. Are you yeah. suggesting that a limit is a learned thing? Or yes. That's interesting. Limit is a learned thing, 100%. What do you mean? What makes you think that? Because your body can push through so much. I mean, people know you only use maybe 8% of our brain. 15, some who are scientists or so or whatever. I'm but, at 22.5 uh, right now. God, Pretty crazy. That, it's no. my hair. But <laughs> there, there's so much that can be learned that you don't really know what and the limit is. And not just physically either. Physically, no. You, you, it's mentally, no. It's, you're good in the realm of physical. You're a big, strong man. I mean, some people don't. That's not the the realm. That's the here's, here's the next one. Our physicalities are so matchable in MMA that it all comes to your brain. You know, here football players, oh, right. 8% on the, on, is mental mm. and, you know, the other 20% is physical well that's true no i heard that i heard that very thing that the difference between a champion and a non-champion 
at a certain point physically, everybody's pretty much training at the same level. So it's if you believe, if it's if you think you're going to win, yes. we'll give you like an extra one percent, which it, is what you need to it's win. That, that positive mindset, you know, positive minded. I mean, I people follow me on Twitter at Tito Ortiz or my Instagram Tito Ortiz nineteen ninety nine. You see all my quotes and things that get me through the day. Personally, I mean, I have challenges. I have. Yeah. Do you ever sleep in? You're just like, ugh, I don't want to get up today. Yes. Um, actually, I did. What was it? On Saturday, I slept until 1030, and I was so stoked. 1030 a.m. Note to self, put money on opponent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was good. got But actually, <laughs> speaking of, of physical advantages, uh, it says here that you're going to be weighing 20 pounds more than Shlomenko. How did that work? Probably about 10, maybe maybe. 20 pounds more than him, not 30. Are you fighting at a catch weight or something? No, he's What's... coming to the 205. He called me out. I mean, I was looking for an opponent through Bellator. I was waiting for Bellator to actually get me an opponent. They said, oh, yeah, give us a couple days. We'll find somebody. And all of a sudden, a couple days go by. They're like, all right, give me a couple more days. We'll find somebody. I'm like, all right, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And all of a sudden, I look on my Twitter, and Shalmanko calls me out. says, Tito, you are the best. But I will beat you. I will break you, you I think he said. Yeah, he will, said that on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes, what font is that? You, you, <laughs> yeah, I know, huh? He goes, you need, you, you need fights really. for pay-per-view. I fight you. I beat you. I was like, all right. Well, I come from the Wait, future to warn you, yeah. John Connor. <laughs> come with me if you want to live. Come on now. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> this is how fights are getting set up? Just him tweeting at you? I, I, I had no idea. I, I thought I, this was like, you know. I didn't even have a clue. I I've been doing this stuff for 17 years. I was like, okay. Yeah, but this kid wants to get a beating that bad. <laughs> you're calling me out. But okay. you know, and Tito, you're one of the kings of this thing. Yeah. It's like, it's not only about being a great fighter, which you are, but right. it's also about being marketable, which you really, really are. It's like you, you for a long time made yourself into this heel character. You have to like somehow you become. You got to sell it. It's good. And the kid wants to be famous. I understand that. And right. I'll make him famous. <laughs> by beating him up? Yes. By crushing his face. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's in for. By crushing his face. He doesn't know what he's in for. It's. Um, you know, I I don't want to talk a game or say whatever, but this fight is going to be extraordinary. I'm 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 going to put a beating on the kid, and he's going to wish he never came up to 205 pounds. He's 185 right now. He's about 195. He'll be in a soaking wet 198. And what do you walk around at? I'm 221. I was 221. I left my house. Wait, so you're weighing yourself like an anorexic, like all day long? Uh, no, no. Every just uh, when I wake up, I want to go to sleep. I see what I... And after you have a bowel movement? No, no. Um, I, I don't worry about that. It, you know, it really just comes down, how much weight do I cut during the night? And I cut about two and a half pounds at night, just in my sleep. Well, that's the thing about wrestlers, is they're all obsessed with weight cut. They've like been a cutting ballerina weight. or something. It's like a ballerina, but they have to get to certain levels. There's a scientific way of cutting weight. When you I say cutting weight, you mean losing weight? Losing weight, weight yes. But they okay. literally lose, like, shocking amounts of weight right before they go to weigh themselves, and then... But uh, then Put they weigh on. 15 pounds. Like you're eating like water. raw eggs and like nope. boiled chicken and that nope. kind of, No? I'm, what I eat is what I'm going to weigh. So what the body burns, number one, is carbohydrates. Number two is protein. Right after it burns carbohydrates, it starts burning protein. It'll start burning your muscles if you don't have the protein to fulfill that. And so, then marijuana is number four. <laughs> Burn in. No, that was back <laughs> when marijuana. I was a kid. Marijuana. <laughs> 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 the beach you live? <laughs> um, no, but... <laughs> me out there um it's this little like the intake of the water you know i drink a lot of water um it's like about eight ounces of water that's a half a pound i'm gaining eight ounces of food that's one pound i've just gained whoa it's literally like that but my body will burn if i eat super clean like i don't eat white rice i eat brown rice i don't eat white pasta i eat brown pasta i don't eat white bread i don't eat nothing white white okay. girls racist um, well, i love white girls white <laughs> girls are yeah. the best yeah yeah sure yes. sure <laughs> amazing 
Um, but anyways, on a different uh, taste. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I during the nights, you know, I eat uh, chicken breast. Uh, uh, have make salad, uh, Spanish salad. I, I'm a big juicer. I'm into juicing. Huge into juicing. I believe it really will. No fruit though, like vegetables, no fruit. Right? All vegetables: garlic, ginger, uh, spinach, celery, apple, lemon, um, carrot, beet. carrot, beet, um, and uh, marijuana. Kale. And um, <laughs> I keep putting that in. I don't it's legal now, that. so why couldn't you know? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But it's not legal in the fight yeah, game, right? Don't they, they call that a performance-enhancing yeah, drug, performance which is insane. Marijuana? Yeah, 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 it's like the opposite that. of a performance. Who would want to crack someone's skull open when they're high? Nick Diaz. But, but the point is... No. Also, how can you fight? You just yeah, be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so mind. fast tonight. I'm so fast." <laughs> no. tonight. It's like, no, you're not. You're getting punched in the face, dude. What's the performance-enhancing drug for your realm? Um, gosh, I, I think uh, caffeine. You know, um, there's certain type of caffeines that they use. Um, that you get shot. You mean elite, illegal stuff? Oh, illegal stuff? Well, yeah, um, I'm they, just wondering, like, could your well, opponent some, some be on finally, something? Finally, they just actually passed a law. You seem very pure. Yeah, first thing, they just um, passed a law, actually, they no longer use um, testosterone. They were using testosterone. You're, only, you're allowed to be six times the amount of your average testosterone level for a man. And now you're no longer allowed now to? Now you're no longer to use that at all. So they test yeah. you before you... Yeah. How difficult is it to avoid and perform, illegal performance-enhancing drugs in MMA? How, uh, how difficult is it for a fighter like somebody at your level or even below to, to say no to that kind of easy. stuff? Just, but what if the competition I, I, is, has a natural advantage over you because they're doing it? Oh, because they're doing it? Well, yeah. hopefully they get caught. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hoping <laughs> on. I mean, when I fought Forrest Griffin, UFC 148, uh, he got a, um, was it a TRT, a testosterone um, replacement therapy, exempt, saying that he's allowed to use that. I didn't find that out until the day of the fight. <laughs> what? They said he was allowed to use it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, this... Well, what How do they do? Can they do so, that? Does he just say that he has a deficiency and his yeah, body isn't creating was, it or something? Yeah, his body. Was, but he He's was like, look, 30, I have 32 breasts. years I need old. Something. I 32 years no, old. Also, kid. I mean, I was like, I, it didn't make. I was so pissed. Did he win? Make, yeah, yeah. They, it's also he, like, he pulled off a. It was. I beat him. Um, I gave him an ass whooping. I'm just. I'm just saying. He no, people right, watch no, right, watch right, fight. Yeah, and no, it's weird too. It's like, oh, and they want you to believe, like, oh, and I, oh, what do I do for a living? Oh, I, I'm a fighter, but that's neither here nor there. What's happening in my body is that it's not <laughs> turning into testosterone. Yeah. Like, no, it's like, oh, it's, it's a coincidence here. Uh, it was, it was, it, it. That was one of the reasons I did, I did retire. Though, is that right? Doing that, it was just like these putting these guys giving advantages like that. It's, it's not fair. Let's see who the true men are. Let's see now. Is now they have to. Now they have no choice. Now we get to see who the true men are, and you see the guys who are competing and who are no longer competing. And you look at that list. Right. And that's interesting. Oh. There's some missing guys here. And also, you never really fought in Japan. That was never, never a big thing for no. you. And the thing about Japan, uh, at the time, uh, especially at, when you were like the champ, it was like Japan and America were yeah. pretty neck and neck in the MMA game. But in Japan, they were almost like, I do really, the steroids. They weren't yeah, even like, we'll let you. They're like, yeah, more, because yeah, yeah, they want crazy. They want crazy, uh, just superhuman super fights. No, because they're in Japan, they're actually like super, not superstars. They're like a... Um, Cartoon heroes. That's exactly what they are. I mean, I'd go walk in the four corners of the world in California. It's in uh, Sojuku, I believe. And there's 25,000 people all walking in the next same time. And I could look across and see nothing but black kids. <laughs> Everybody's 5'5", five, five, exactly. <laughs> they amazing. need it, is what but you're they, saying. Yeah, I know. And they see me walking. I'm 6'2". My hair's bleached. I mean, they're like, oh, Tito-san, hi. And they come up to me like, can you slap me? I'm like, hang on a second. They want you to slap. No, they want them? you to slap. That's the big thing. <laughs> That's what happens for me as a comedian. Yeah. I go to a, some town, I do some club, and women just come up and they ask me to slap them. And well, I can't on, do that. On the ass don't count, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does, does it? Natasha, does it? Uh, 
I would love to answer that, and this has been great, but Tito has a very hard out that oh. we need to wrap it up. <laughs> but that sucks that you asked right when we've got to go. Well, listen, Tito Ortiz, a legend of MMA, a legend of the fight game, fighting May 17th on pay-per-view on, for Bellator 120 versus Alexander Slomenko. I might even watch this. Let's watch It'll it. It'll be exciting. I would be, love the whole card is a great card. Uh, was it uh, Alvarez uh, versus Chandler's on the card, uh, Rampage. Versus King Mo's on the card. Ooh, of course, I'm fighting Shemenko. Not um, only are you going to win this fight, you are a great dad, and your kids you. are going to be proud. Thank you very much. All right, of course, all your you, listeners, Tito. call your local paper providers. May 17th, Bellator 120. Watch it. All right, Bye, Tito, Tito Ortiz, thank you very much for coming on. A legend, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got some um, uh, we've got some fun stuff from Allison and Brian. You guys got yes. some stuff to tell us? You can come see us live, the Adam Carolla Show at Irvine Improv, May 29th. We're going to be in Pasadena Ice House, June 10th. We're going to be in Phoenix doing four shows at Stand Up Live, June 20th and 21st. Uh, Adam's going to be doing Stand Up in Richmond, Virginia, May 21st. Go to adamcarolla.com for more info and tickets. And also a special announcement, Adam's show at Caroline's for his, his book podcast. Uh, it will no longer feature Greg Gutfeld. How Ever David Tell will oh, be joining them, so whoa. everyone go to that again. Go to Adam Carolla for more info. I got a few pluggy poos. Can I do some? If you guys don't go, I'm coming after your yeah, ass. Yes, Tito's coming for you. <laughs> yes. this is Moshe Kasher. I'll be uh, first of all, and most importantly, we've got the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival, July 25th through the 28th. Go to the website uh, boatparty.biz and enter promo code Adam for 50 bucks off of your tickets. Boatparty.biz. You can go to natashalazero.com, moshakasher.com to get all the information on this. And I got a whole bunch of live uh, tour dates coming up. I've got uh, this weekend. I'll be in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Rumors next weekend, Sunnyvale, California. On the 28th of May, I've got my show at the UCB Theater. Go to moshakasher.com. All kinds of exciting stuff. Florida, Philadelphia on June 3rd. Just come see me and go to the Boat Party Comedy Festival. Natasha? Hi. I will be at the Boat Party with Moshe, boatparty.biz. Why don't you come on down? Are people like going to be like able to talk to us whenever yeah, they want? Yeah, you can hang out with us. Greg Barrett. You can hang out with Kyle Kinane, Jean Grey. So we're just going to be w. hanging, out with, Bell, with, hanging our out with the fans all weekend Karen long. Karen Kilgariff, Chris Fairbanks. All co- it's going to be a lot of fun. There's music. You, it, there's a cruise. P.S. We're going to the Bahamas. It's not just comedy. Are we going like, to get to go out for a minute? Yeah, we get to go to the Bahamas. We're going to go right. to Nassau. There's a private island. This is for real. A private island. We can go Island Island We go on the island And we party We drink a little Mangria And have ourselves <laughs> A nice night Ladies and gentlemen Mangria sounds like Headache in a bottle No it I sounds like excited. Heaven in a bottle <laughs> Also speaking of Heaven in a bottle Go see our friend Joe Coy live At San Jose Improv He'll be oh, there yeah. All what, this Joe weekend Joe Coy just gets plugs Go to JoeCoy.com For That's details That's how valuable Apparently he, he does Now he does Brian do you have Something to say I was going to say Adam's book comes out In just a few days Go ahead and pre-order That now So number one it's If you go to the bookstore And you show up And it's out it's, If it's not there You're screwed And this way it gets On the New York Times Bestseller list So get President Me now And I'll be signing My book shrinkage At the end of the month At Book Soup on Sunset Book Soup's cool You guys should all Go check that out Because it's a really Fun space I did. I did my book signing there. Very fun. How'd it, go? it was awesome. It was really fun. It's like a very intimate. You feel like a real literature figure when you're nice. there. It's very cool. Natasha, you got anything coming up? The ska music's freaking me out. <laughs> um, I I don't like ska music. And, <laughs> That's important to know about her. Um, I I really am not doing many live dates right now. Well, follow us both on Twitter. Oh, at yes. Natasha Legero at Moshe Kasher. Listen to my podcast, The Champs. MosheKasher.com, NatashaLegero.com, BoatParty.biz. Follow them on Twitter at BoatParty.biz. Do- boat 
And uh, it's been great. Thank been you great. so much and for for listening. Uh, Tito was a real sweetie. He was a sweetheart, wasn't he? What a sweeto. You guys are great. <laughs> I want to tell you this, and the most important thing as we wrap this up, I need to let everybody know that I worked as a sign language interpreter when I was 17 <laughs> years old. My father was Hasidic, and both my parents are deaf. This has been the Adam Carolla Show. Mahalo! Uh, Bald Brian definitely has a couple of bodies in his basement. All right, that was Adam Carolla Show, 1324, with Allison Rosen as a little bit of a traffic cop, along with Bald Brian doing his best to keep things moving. Very fun vibe. That's it for this week. I've got several clips lined up for next week. There's still some spots open. If you want to get in a request, classics at adamcarolla.com. Send us an email. I'll play it. Until then, mahalo and get it on.